as I'm on the road, and then we'll regroup for an, for recording. I don't know, maybe May seventh or something. But cool. So that was a fucking lie. Welcome back, everyone, to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. This is episode number 231, a much sillier number to say in the French language. It's going live for our patrons June 26, 2023. Everyone else, June 28th of the same year. Uh, it's me, it's Steven, it's Steve, and joining us, patron, uh, uh, fellow Laurier alumni, and loved it just as much as me, <laughs> probably... <laughs> I probably uh, loved it a little more than you did, I think. Maybe. Uh, Jake, thank you, Jake, for joining us and for being a patron. Want to introduce yourselves a bit? I don't know. You uh, are a second place Laurier Smash hey, wait, tournament winner. Wait, wait, wait. One oh, second. No, Steve, my, my daughter walked into the room. Oh, hello. We're back to bed. Um, oh, that's okay. All right. I'll see you guys in anywhere from five to 35 minutes. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> no worries, bud. <laughs> Uh, we lost All Steve right. just as soon as we got him. Um, but yeah, Jake, who, who the hell are you? Uh, I'm another Laurier alum, as you've yes. said. Uh, I'm a game lover, not necessarily a game creator. Mm. Um, you took a game a design class game with creators. me. Yeah. I did take a game design class yeah, you with did. you and a couple other people, and it was fun. Uh, talked a lot about some kind of online games. I think I did a project on Depression Quest, and it was real... Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but I don't. I didn't get a very good grade on the assignment, so I don't think uh, our professor Steve really enjoyed it. Uh, Listeners of this program know know my political leanings and should also know that that Jake is my my the ying to my yang in many ways, and, and definitely <laughs> we, reflected we're, we're game wet, choices. We're opposite whetstones. We, <laughs> yeah. we sharpen each other's ideas, and then when the other ideas are stupid, we help that too. Exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, well, Stephen is jokerifying me slowly. Oh, I'm yeah. Lots of things are. Jok- Jokerifying me. It's a jokerifying food chain, and so like I'm eating things and then and then digesting that and feeding it to other people. Uh, yeah, that's a I guess really... I, I, I guess anything else about me is uh, I'm a big fan of Nintendo games, Souls yes. games. I uh, got a great love in my heart for a game right now. Playing uh, Bug Fables. Probably talk mm-hmm. about that later. Oh yeah, we'll get into uh, that. Yeah, board games, D and D, etc. So I play a lot of games. Excellent. And we've played a lot of games together, which is fun. We sure have. We just played Overwatch like 15 minutes <laughs> ago. So. And that's why I was like, you want to come on the podcast? You're like, uh, okay. <laughs> Tonight? Yeah. At 10.36 p.m. Sunday, June 25th. All that also to say, sorry for the nine-week absence in podcast, dear listeners. And, and Steve's already dipped out to put his daughter back to sleep. What a selfish selfish asshole taking care of his children and family that way me i had no excuse for the past nine weeks i was just kind of you know playing overwatch and watching movies and not working on the site as much as i said it should have but uh jake you and other people have been still giving us money and we want to thank you and want to give you an update so we got eros you know eros our number two or three probably plex user uh makers of the upcoming game highlighters uh he's working on a site redesign we got him into the back of the squarespace and he's digging around and making it look pretty as is his mo as a css oh that's great I'm very stoked with what he's been putting out. I gave him a couple, like, I'm like, oh, I like uh, the new game developer, formerly Gama Sutra. I like Kotaku's feed design without ads, of course. Uh, and so I gave those references, and what, he's been showing us stuff that looks really good. So that's underway. Uh, I mentioned to you and our listeners briefly, Canadian Games Direct, uh, uh, like maybe 20-minute showcase of upcoming Canadian games. That is still... Uh, got a list of things we want to announce. Might be later in the summer than I anticipated 
but we're excited about that. New video assets coming from Wagner Co-op, who did the Chapo Trap House video assets. I love his work. And uh, we wow, just have that's, to... That's awesome. Yeah, we just have to get new ones since our new logo. The other one was the old logo. Yeah, um, so sorry for delaying the Canadian Game Devs <laughs> Direct because I've put Steven in my wedding party and it's you know it's, it's going to slow that down for you guys. That's true. I'm gone. I've been gone. So this is my first weekend. Also, I should tell everyone I'm still in, I'm still I am in London now, and this is our first episode recorded from London, Ontario, uh, uh, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and Owen Sound, Ontario. So we're all in the time same time zone, upwards of eight hours apart, but. Uh, yeah, we also uh, had no episodes recorded on weekends because I wasn't here for the past six weekends, which is a good excuse, I guess. I should have led with that. <sighs> Jake, I got three interviews coming up to Worlds of Interra. It's an RPG. It's He's pitching it to me as like Red Dead Redemption uh, with like a procedurally generated Final Fantasy overworld and that more style of RPG, but with Red Dead style persistent like side missions and characters and an evolving overworld, which is a really cool pitch. As, someone as long as there are fewer, you know, animations of this person picking up cans, <laughs> then I'm I'm super interested. Yeah, it's definitely like top down, like classic Final Fantasy, like zoom in on the tile uh, RPG rather than uh, Red Dead, of course. But that uh, in in terms of like attention to detail, in terms of the open world and characters, and having an what feels like an effect on the world is what I like at RPGs. And I don't like most of those tile RPGs because they're just like, you know, press the same button over and over to get through the enemies and make the number go up. So if if he can pull it off, I would be impressed. That interview, Hockey Heroes, and interview with my old studio, Red Meat Games, on recently released Project Dark, which I got to do some design on. Ah, oh, man, Steve wanted oh, to keep really this. that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to, so we're using binaural audio. You know those, like, little mics that look like ears, like they're rubber? Whenever I hear binaural audio, I think of two things, Steven. Mm. I think of uh, Hellblade, Senna with Sacrifice. <laughs> yep. And I think of uh, ASMR streamers who are yes. scantily clad. That, that, yes. That's who I think of. And I, I, I want to, you know, scan the gam Dave, so I want to stick towards <laughs> Senna with Sacrifice. Yeah, that's, uh, so, that's where I first <laughs> saw them. And then we ended up using them on Project Dark Read. Our sound guy got to use it to record a lot of the sound effects and the voice actors so all the audio in the game uh uses the audio is captured from like a realistic sounding really high-tech audio that like has 360 like around you feeling like everyone goes to the classic youtube video of the asmr haircut and it sounds like the guy's like going a haircut around you just listen to that and the whole game's kind of like that it's on mobile steam and switch right now so excited for that interview that's all the paperwork up top. I, I guess I have a question for Hit you, Stephen. Have you played the, that Project Arc yet? Yeah, I played the first episode, and it's been really cool just to see uh, <coughs> the game that I laid out. I was doing this before I blew up on TikTok when everyone was like freaking um, doing Joe Rogan and Donald Trump playing Rocket League together. No, I was using <laughs> AI voices last 2022 to prototype uh, the, 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 the uh, audio voices in the game like just really it out and then yeah stitching it or clipping it out in audacity and then importing it into unity dragging it into the, the you were we were using a unity visual scripting node so i would just drag the audio file from our unity asset folder into the the thing and then hit play and then you could like drag nodes off it of like if they swipe right here do this if they swipe left do that and so yeah it, it was all ai voices when i left redmi games and then when i got to play the final game it was all like actual professional union of voice actors with uh really high tech audio used to or tech used to capture it so it was really cool to see the before and after 
Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. What's up, Steve? That's just in time to shuffle the paperwork and get into the news. Here's what I want to position to you guys because we're recording this so late. Steve's going to fall asleep on his microphone and, and just snore into so. a, the abyss. So I'm just going to run down the list. I've gathered everything in the past nine weeks that Steve, you and I share in the Discord. Dave of War DMs us. Uh, and I've pulled out of all the key three uh, streams across Summer Game Fest, Xbox, Nintendo, etc. We'll go top to bottom. You let me know if the story is interesting and, and worth talking about. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right. Starting in Edmonton, an ex-Bioware dev has said that there's no one there who believes in the, quote, Bioware magic. And Anthem 2 was, quote, really fun. And then EA canned it. This story, I just, I love the, like, the, the goss, you know? And so this... This one, this one spoke to me. I want to talk about it. Developer Ian Saderlin, currently lead producer at Mythical Games, but worked at Bioware uh, on Anthem's extremely rushed development. This is one of those things like he just was talking somewhere else and then everyone pulled a bunch of quotes out of that. They're like, wait, this has implications for this other thing. Uh, hold on. The magic quote is really good. He uh, told... Uh, the interviewer, for what it's worth, most people at Bioware didn't believe in the Bioware magic. Uh, that's that's big. That feels like a culture shift. And for me, it, it speaks to like a lot of what I'm seeing at these quote unquote like prestigious game studios like Blizzard, like Bioware, um, even even I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, other examples, but it seems like these once prestigious like you even take a less than market rate salary just to have it on your resume. Studios are are losing it. Would that be fair to say? Sorry, I'm just reading the thing. Wait, no, that's okay. No, wait, never mind. I was just taking the thing off. I'm just reading the thing because uh, mm. he says Anthem Two would be would have been great, and I also don't I can, believe that. I can 100 percent confirm that wouldn't be. <laughs> sure. Anthem uh, Two would be great if they like pulled back the concept, didn't make it a looter shooter, didn't like if, if they just made it an entirely different game and called it <laughs> Anthem Two, then it had it have a possibility. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It was. I, it was... I don't. I've never played a Bioware game. I've been mm -hmm. around a lot of people who have, and I've I watched some videos on them and stuff, and I've always wanted to try them. And everyone who I know who I talk to loves the Bioware games. They're just so sad to see where they've fallen. Like people, people still liked Mass Effect Andromeda after it got you know patched up and fixed and stuff. But oh oh, their a merch good core store combat game. But, I will uh, say you know, Bioware has one of the most like actually active merch stores out of like any studio. Like the Bioware fans spend money on Bioware. Jesus. Yeah, like every what is it, November seventh? Yeah, with the and seven stuff. Day. Oh, they have a like, new statue, three hundred dollar statue they sell two thousand of, and it's like it's insane yeah. how much Bioware like, fans. There hasn't been a new Mass Effect game in I don't know, when was the drama twenty sixteen? Six like years ago. It was a while ago. Like six years ago. Yeah. Another thing we pull then, out of this interview with the former Bioware dev is it was about an eighteen month development on Anthem which is one month less than Andromeda, which was about a 19-month development at the opened and then shut down immediately after uh, Bioware Montreal. Remember that, Steve? Mm -hmm. Did you yeah. see this, the semi-related where um, Respawn was working on Titanfall 3 and then they actually, Respawn actually canceled it themselves and wanted to work on... Um, yeah, they Star wanted Wars. to work on Apex, right? They wanted to work on Apex because they played PUBG. Mm, like, I didn't oh. see that. You yeah, poor developers. So yeah. I mean, you made a billion dollars, but at what cost? 
Yeah, any, I don't I know. To, There's other studios in I have in to my go mind. again. Sophia's, Sophia's crying. I'm just <laughs> no going worries, to drop. Dude, no worries, dude. I'll keep this right, but anyways, yeah. I'll be right back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's Blizzard. It's Bioware. It's uh, even even companies like like Gearbox. Uh, Gearbox was so hot coming off of Bio, uh, Borderlands 2, uh, and, and uh, even the pre-sequel was well-loved. But then Borderlands 3 and... Uh, uh, I don't know. They're, they're losing it a bit. Like, it feels like a lot of studios are, are in there. You know, you and I have these big talks, Jake, about history and the ebbs and flows. I think a lot of studios right. are in their ebb phase, not their flow phase. Well, it, it makes sense. Like, with, with COVID, with all developers kind of exiting and starting their own indie studios and not really putting up the crunch anymore for long periods of time. Like, mm-hmm. if you are a game developer and you've worked on Borderlands 2 and they're like, all right, we're going to start work on Borderlands 3. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we? Oh, what's the new interesting thing we're gonna do with Borderlands Three? It's just gonna be more Borderlands. <laughs> There's streamers like, this time. <laughs> there's there's gonna be more of it. Are you yeah. excited to work on it? Are you excited to you know do nothing to the genre? It's like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I, I I would. I often relate the industries of movies and games, and I think yes. Yeah, of course, because you're working on projects that have end dates, and you work as sometimes contracted employees, massive parts cross cross removed. interdisciplinary skills that are extremely like like you you have people who have been like 20 years in like a specific component of engine building, working on something alongside like art directors of 30 years, and absolutely. And think about somebody who's been working on, I don't know, the fifth Borderlands game, who's been kind of a <laughs> you know, a, a savant or someone who's very like integral to the productions and stuff. And they're like, all right, what's our next project? Well, we're thinking about making another board. That's like, yes. All right. Time to hang up my hat and make my own indie game. Yeah. <laughs> make my own farming sim based on everything that I've seen lately. <laughs> time to cash out and make an indie game about depression. That has a good art style. <laughs> <laughs> make a game about depressing, depressing, uh, uh, border patrol or maybe a farming sim, yep. maybe, you know, I've heard that farming sims are popular. Yeah, or a rogue light that's about actually digging into your own subconscious, not like I don't know what it appears <laughs> on the surface. <laughs> oh, I didn't bring this up earlier. Maybe a farming sim. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a farming sim. Uh, <laughs> speaking of studios that have been doing the same thing for a while and are maybe sick of it, I want to move over to Did You Know, the largest independent game studio in Canada, Behavior Interactive. They have announced a new game in the Dead by Daylight series, but it is not being developed by Behavior Interactive. It is being developed by... Uh, the makers of the Quarry, the Dark Pictures Anthology, and Until Dawn, supermassive games. Uh, and it is going to be a single-player Dead by Daylight project. Um, so this is interesting okay. to me because, uh, and I've been, I've been talking to Steve about this here on the program for a while, is at a certain point, Dead by Daylight is going to saturate the horror IP that can be shoved into Dead by Daylight. So you have to start making other things that can make money for a, a, a studio of 1,200 game developers. Uh, right. and, and But it's not being developed internally, but it's being developed in that universe. Uh, we had the Dead by Daylight dating sim uh, previously. Uh, that was like a standalone Dead by Daylight project. And I got it. Oh, we had Meet Your Maker, which was a PS Plus game and then came to Epic. And that one was kind of like an asynchronous. Uh, someone builds the base. Someone tries to get into it. Uh, multiplayer game. And so I just see uh, behavior like really trying to diversify their portfolio as like Dead by Daylight is entering its like sixth and seventh year of just adding a different horror character every couple of months. 
Steven, you you, uh, you say we're reaching the end of the horror IP that they can pull from. <laughs> well, until Master Chief is in the game, that's true. I don't know if they've they've. Uh... Well, they just added Nicolas Cage. What is Nic- Nicolas Cage isn't really related to horror. I'm sure he's been in some horror movies, but it's just more of a meme. So at what he point is. do they just add Hideo Kojima, like yeah. in a Solid Snake mask? And no, I think say, Dead by Daylight's like... <laughs> okay. I think Dead by Daylight's okay, but like that's they need. Uh, uh, what if Dead by Daylight plateaus and starts to dip? Yeah, what I it, really what... liked Until Dawn for what it was. Mm-hmm. Like it was, too, it was just a too. playable, playable horror game, and you could see it coming, but it still wasn't any less fun because of it. You mean like playable uh, so... horror movie? Like it was just like yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. Playable no, horror I got movie. you. I knew what you um, meant. Yeah, Claire, Claire and I played it, or Dylan and I played it the first time mm-hmm. many years ago when the PS4 just came out, and we were like entranced by it because it was the quote-unquote video game movie. Yes. You know, like it wasn't trying to break any new rules. How do you hold the controller still, still to avoid monsters? Oh, you put monsters? it down immediately. You just put it which on the what we did, which yeah, is what we did. Which is like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so completely fun. game the system. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, so, so hey, like if, that, if Super Mario... Dead if, by Daylight so, characters... It, Sure, I don't know any of the characters from Dead by Daylight, but I'm sure not yet. that if not yet, not yet, but maybe they I want s- you maybe to. I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> they really want Whoa. Dead by Daylight to become the IP they can make money off of. Not Nicholas Cage is in the game, you know. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, spoilers for a key three announcement where Nick Cage came out and shook 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 Joff's hand. He shucked jo- uh, <laughs> Jeff Keeley's corn. Oh jeez. <laughs> um. I'll mention uh, Goodbye Volcano High has been delayed again. The game from what? co-op mode in Montreal. The uh, scaly, furry, <laughs> high school uh, anthropomorphic uh, adventure game we talked about with uh, Haley Fax, the video game lawyer, a couple episodes ago. She got to play it at GDC. Very excited for it. I, I don't think that bodes is a bad thing. Like This is the second time in a couple months it's been delayed, but I think it's just in terms of them like, working for a couple more weeks, realizing what they still have left to do, doing it again. Like the same thing happens with every Naughty Dog game. The same, like this is like something that happens in game development a lot. This team is very proud. And other developers talk about that. They have like a good home home work balance that like, they're not killing themselves to make it. So this delay is like more of that game development, not more crunch. So that feels good. Right. I'm always curious, and I would love to see a long-form study on this, if games that were delayed in order to finish them up end up performing better in the long run rather mm-hmm. than the short run. Because think about something like um, like Breath of the Wild 2, like Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Like it, got, it got delayed, you know, it was probably supposed to come out maybe two years ago, but COVID and, you know, Crunch. and I think they avoided Crunch on it, but... Um, if they had released it when they said they were going to, would it have been been better received? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Would it have sold better? Probably not. Like, what, what's the opportunity cost for the developer? Development time. Is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the cost benefit analysis? Like, think about a game like uh, even Dragon's Dogma has like a cult following, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to play that game when I have a chance to. I never like I played it for a bit and never touched it again. Mm-hmm. But is 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 it worth it? Because now, because that cult following is so entrenched, when Dragon's Dogma 2 was announced recently, people lost their minds. Mm-hmm. Right? But if they had released it when it's not ready, would that cult following even be there to 
allow it to be a sequel like what's 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 the stats i want to see the the spreadsheet on that (laughs) i'm 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 pretty sure it's a studio by studio basis because like there are studios who just shit it out like no man's sky or fallout 76 and then spend the next six years making it more like the thing that they promised but that's like they're already going for a live service thing kind of whereas something like last of us part two or goodbye volcano high is like a highly polished linear first person thing that like you just want everyone to have a really good first impression of and that's why it's getting delayed that makes sense like i I guess it would be dependent on genre because look at something like elden ring came Mm. out massive from software's most successful game ever Mm -hmm. uh and was complete at launch there was bugs and stuff but Mm -hmm. like it was done you could play the whole game through especially 20 million people played at once this is Uh, the biggest play test ever yeah totally but then you look at a game like no man's sky and it will never get that initial bump of players that it had ever Mm -hmm. So you kind of have one shot to get that first player bump upon release. Uh, and like you can update your game for years after, but I don't think you'll ever reach that high again. Let me look at the No Man's Sky Steam charts. I want to see. I'm also curious about Overwatch because they, they added like the Overwatch 2 bait, like bait and switch added like 10 million monthly active users and then like a month, every, a month, million a month since then. And you're totally right. That is the that is the like the the hitch in my argument, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it's so it's so interesting. <laughs> it is. I, oh man, SteamDB doesn't go back that far. I gotta look up a lot, pick a different chart. Uh, a couple more pieces of news I want to get to. We got uh, DLC for TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Steve isn't here. I don't really care too much. Did you play? the shredders revenge that was the beat-em-ups one did like six players uh like the classic dragon uh double dragon fighting game style where you're just pushing forward and backwards into the screen anyway it was yeah, Montreal. i think i know what the game is i think i've seen some clips but clips but I've, ne- I've never played it not super interested so it's getting dlc steve will play it uh we also got i like uh from one of the only studios in saskatchewan making non-mobile games i think still the only studio um foolish mortals has announced real-time general uh this is i believe their third or fourth game like third real quote-unquote game after a radio general kaiju wars which you actually got me for my uh, birthday last year and i've played a have bunch you played of. it yes it's a good game oh good they you like it yeah no it's it's definitely just into the breach different art style different balancing um, and I really like that. Uh, and so this next game is just more, it's back to the, the war sim, uh, aesthetic, uh, but so like the radio general more than Kaiju Wars or anything else they've done with a much different art style than those games. Like it's featuring like a map with a lot of like tokens or I would say like pogs on it. Uh, kind of like Vittoria or those kind of games, unlike radio generals. Uh, and there's an alpha you can sign up for on Steam, and yeah, I just I really want Michael and the team over at Foolish Morals to do well. I like their their hustle, and they seem to be connecting enough to make full time couple guys make a three or four games. So that's cool. Let's wish him luck. Hell yes. Yeah. So uh, I, I just looked up on the Steam charts for and no how's Man's No Man's Sky. Sky doing? Yeah. So No Man's Sky released in. August of 2016 mm-hmm. to a player max player count of about 210,000. Mm-hmm. It has never even gotten half of that wow. at a peak, huh. right? Like it has it has its peaks at specific updates, yeah. but it has never even 
it has only met is never met 100k since Interesting. So you, like you really have that one chance even though those developers have like overwatch is the is the difference i, I guess yeah. the outlier to my little theory and that's here, just a like, marketing budget difference like that's just that's, like yeah yeah, they have so much more money. I'm sure to there was a users. lot of dev time thrown into Overwatch 2 to things that went nowhere. Yes, that just got right? scrapped. It just got scrapped, but ultimately it was a game refresh, remove a role, add a couple maps, add a couple heroes. Mm -hmm. Here, here you go. Yeah, no, our mutual get friend. The textures a new coat of paint. <laughs> our mutual friend Nick points out, and I love this that the Fortnite between the season reset had more consequential mechanical changes than Overwatch One to Two did, and it's true. It's true. Like, yeah. It's more of a different game, and it was just a free update, versus like a taking a premium thing for, going free. Yeah, to play versus a No Man's a Sky. Mm, that too. For yeah, versus a No Man's Sky, which released to a massive initial player base, which within a month had dropped off to 1,000 players. Yeah. Right? Like, holy crap. That's, if they had had, if they had nailed it out the gate, I wonder what that graph would look like. Let's rip through. Uh, I'm gonna rip through a bunch of Canadian announcements from the key three streams. You let me know what you think. Sure. Uh, this one is a new game from Don't Nod, the makers of Life is Strange, which I know you've played and enjoyed, I believe. Yeah. But they're getting freaky with it. Like they have a, a bunch of different uh, irons in the fire across the they're new studio. Life is Strange money to to make a whole bunch of stuff, which is great. Yeah, and one they just announced at the um, Summer Game Fest one, Banisher's Ghost of New Eden. So I haven't been able to confirm if this is being co-developed by the Montreal Don't Nod studio, but since they just list on their website as like assisting on Don't Nod projects, I'm going to assume they are, uh, even though there's, I think, like two or three Don't Nod games coming out. Uh, but it's another RPG. It seems to be similar to Vampire, you know, the one VMPYR, the like third-person RPG, kind of like yeah, Eurojank. Absolutely, it gives me that vibe. Um, mm -hmm. Don't nod, as far as I know. Maybe what was that game? Remember me that they made yes. before Life is Strange. Yep. Uh, I don't know what the I can't remember what the combat looked like in that game. That was third person action combat. You're right. So they, I, I was originally like, oh, does Don't Nod even know what they're doing here? And then I kind of thought about it a bit more and looked back in their history. And it's like, yeah, they made Remember Me, so they they got some of that. I bet there's some developers itching for that after yes. making a couple story based things like. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest about Ghost of New Eden. Yeah. It reminds me of the, the kind of torrent of games we got mid and early PS4, Xbox One era, where it was like title, colon, <laughs> couple words, yeah. right? Horizon, Zero Dawn, Remnant, yeah. From the Ashes, blah, 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 Banishers, blah, blah, blah. Ghost of New Banishers, Eden. Ghost of New Eden. It's like, are you, if you're, uh, are you trying to make a franchise? Because I think that a game called Banishers badass that's a cool. game that's called a one ghost word. of new ghost of new eden badass yeah, right what do you need the colon for it just kind of muddle, muddies the waters like horizon zero dawn that game could have just been called zero dawn that you sold sick. me you sold me right like yeah. just make games i don't know hmm. no it's, I agree. it's the same reason that they like are making mortal kombat one yeah <laughs> right they don't want they don't want to have all this baggage Queen. although this is the 12th meta mortal combat or something like that it's or that... on this along the same line why they just meant final fantasy 16 and you know what you know i love that like i, I, don't, I don't love that i respect that more than like 
not Game Banishers Ghost of New Eden specifically, but like just like this is fifteen, this is sixteen, and we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy is the one where it's like uh, either either the games are a number, which yeah. hey, I can respect that, or it's Final Fantasy X two Ghosts <laughs> of uh, yeah. Crisis Evergrade, but it's actually a mobile game. It's like, yeah, it's, or it's a six-hour movie. <laughs> or it's a six-hour movie. Like, I don't know what you're doing out there, Japan, but you you're selling a lot of games, so go for yeah, it. That's true. Yeah, no, it, whatever doesn't translate clearly doesn't matter as much as what does because it's selling. Like, what the hell is remake Intergrade? All right, and as you mentioned what? earlier, Nicholas Cage strolled out to shake Joff's hand and announce he's coming to Dead by Daylight as himself, Nicholas Cage. Um, I don't know what horror movies he's done. He was in that um, uh, Dracula movie last year, Renfell. But is he famous oh, yeah, for any yeah. horror movies? Oh, he's in The I Wicker that's... Man. That's a famous horror right. movie. Not the bees. Uh, oh, he's color color out of space in 2019. He does okay. a lot of work. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Mandy in 2018. All right, so a couple Wicker of horror movies. So he's yeah, in Prisoners a of the Ghostlands in 2021. Yeah, I, I, you know, when they originally revealed it, I thought he would be a villain character. Mm. And I think that would be really more funny than him being a one of the protagonists, uh, survivors. Yeah, that would be getting getting dropped on a hook by Nicolas Cage is very funny. Mm-hmm. What would he say while he does it? Like hang tight uh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Puts on sunglasses, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> rolls away. <laughs> Just take a line from one of those movies. Yeah, that'd be funny. And and uh, here's something that I found funny in the. I don't know if you saw any of these spate of articles that like, as someone who's been following gaming media in the West since late elementary school, um, it's very liberal in a way that merits a certain round of articles after events that are kind of just rounding up uh, or pointing out maybe like doing little conference Bechdel tests and a lot of people pointed out that there were nothing but dudes of like the dozen or so presenters at Joff's Summer of Game Fest (laughs) and in response to Uh the the response it was like he should have just said you're right uh, but the response was, we had the voice actor of Bayonetta scheduled, but she uh, uh, couldn't make it due to scheduling conflicts. And so that made Kotaku and The Verge and everyone able to write these headlines that were so funny, Jake. It was like, uh, woman was supposed to be at Summer Game Fest, canceled. <laughs> uh, or uh, <laughs> why the one woman didn't go to Summer Game Fest. And, like, so these headlines were really, like, I thought they were funny, uh, but it was also, it was also like, Joff, you, you like... This is game. You're in L.A., you know, like get three girls and you avoid all of this. You know, you could have grabbed anyone. Anyone. You literally could have grabbed anyone. anyone. Uh, this gives me the same vibes uh, as, oh, there are no women at the bottom of the sea right now. <laughs> There's not. <you're> right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, like Jeff's advertising conference where they, they advertise a bunch of products doesn't include enough women. It's like it's not your college graduation. Yeah. It's not something that's actually important. <laughs> it's, it's 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 an advertising ring yeah and it's it's kind of i don't know it could, i could see it coming across as a little oh man we're getting into the the risky stuff to say on a podcast that Pierce listen you're gonna listen you're to gonna cut all this out so <laughs> no okay. i'm not i put some garbage out there that i shouldn't have <laughs> But, um, I, okay, no, let's keep going. <laughs> During the Xbox One. No, no, no. Before we move on, it's very important to have equal representation for everyone at the table, for sure, obviously. For sure. Yeah. Uh, 
but to get on someone's case about not having women to speak at a advertising advertisement event, <laughs> when they were gonna have it you know seems yeah. a little low low uh low-hanging fruit i guess you could say and sometimes they're just making them the fall guy. I'm sorry. Like, they made the 343 president a woman when, like, the three shittiest reviews Halos would come out in a row. Like, like sometimes, sometimes it, it, like, the it, you get what you want, and it's it's the, the, the stuff they're in charge of is garbage. Right. Oh, man. <clears throat> that was what I wanted to riskily say. We'll move on to the Xbox Showcase, where, uh, for the first time since acquiring them in, I believe, 2018, the same year they were acquired alongside Double Fine uh, and a couple other ones. Uh, at E3 2018, Compulsion Games in Montreal was acquired, makers of Contrast, which was a PS4 launch game I really liked, and most recently, the Survival Bioshock Lite, uh, We Happy Few. <clears throat> But they've announced their latest game since getting acquired in 2018, so they've been working on this for, oh, geez, like probably four years, maybe? Uh, working on it for a minute. South of Midnight, which has, I think, my favorite art style of all the quote-unquote like AAA, AA games shown at E3. Um, and the gameplay is pitched as... Let me get a good... Uh, studios founded by ex-Arcane Studios developer Guillaume Provost. What a what a name for a guy who started a studio in Montreal. That's a badass name. <laughs> uh, oh, man, what's the genre here? He says, quote, um, Imbued with these uh, abilities, Hazel will confront and subdue dangerous creatures, untangle the webs of her own family's shared past, and find her way to the place that feels like home takes place in a fictionalized swath of the U.S. inspired by the, quote, more interesting geological, topographical, and cultural history, historical areas of the South. You know what this uh, reminds me of? What's that? Hunt Showdown. Oh, yeah. It's got that bayou. It, it got that bayou kind <clears throat> of But the art style is kind of like, like, it's is the art style kind of like Ardman, like stop motion, like... Uh, it, it looks like that mixed with kind of a, a dishonored, it almost looks like a, a good evolution of what Redfall was trying to do. I see what you mean. Right. With a bit of like Sea of Thieves and the character design and that like squarish yeah, uh, character design. Cell shaded. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hazel, uh, uh, quote, is what's called a weaver, a mender of broken bonds and spirits. Uh, and they're going to go around the South and use their weaving ability to mend spirits, including this like solemn looking, rotted guitarist in the trailer. Well, then, why did they call it Spirit Weaver colon South of Midnight <laughs> then, Stephen? Why didn't they do that? <laughs> You're right. No, South of Midnight is just a solid game. Like that's South like of Midnight's that's just a great a good, game title. Good game name. Uh, and I'm excited for like I like Compulsion's work. Like I didn't like We Happy Few. I really liked Contrast. But I will say both those games tried to do something interesting. Uh, and one worked for me and one didn't. And I would always prefer someone to try something different that didn't work for me than just like, you know, do contrast too. Uh, and so, yeah, they're doing something completely different again. Like, this is completely different than We Happy Few, and I want to play it. And so it'll come to Game Pass, of course, because now they're an Xbox game studio, so the barrier to entry is even lower. And, yeah, this is probably one of my most excited announcements from the whole thing. All right, then we've got Thunder Lotus, hot off of a game very beloved to our Discord, Spirit Fair, and makers of a lot of big indies from the past 10 years, like, uh, oh, Jotun and sundered 
uh, and a couple others have announced their new game at the Xbox thing. <laughs> I was watching with Nick and we were in his basement and uh, it was like a, it was like a pixel art RPG and I'm and Nick's like, Oh Steven, your eyes glazing over. I'm like, I don't know. I've seen a lot of this game. I was like, unless it's uh, like a multiplayer thing. And then it was like 33 other players and all text. I was like, what? And then a bunch of other characters run on the screen. I was like, no, <laughs> but all that to say, this is definitely not my genre, but they're making a 33 player online top down pixel art RPG uh coming out sometime in 2024 called 33 immortals co-op action roguelike what do you think jake here's my take Mm -hmm. you better have some damn good backfill servers (laughs) yeah that's a lot of people (laughs) for a lot of uh action to be going on at once right if it's like a a large dungeon that Mm -hmm. you are all kind of crawling together uh good luck being the first one in the in the room with all the treasure hope you better have a good loot system mm-hmm. um i really liked spirit fair i watched claire play it my fiance claire play it she absolutely adored it um mm-hmm. so that you know the developers got some, some meat behind them and if they want to try making something interesting then go for it 33 players in one match feels a lot like a battlefield but you're all trying to fight in the same building mm-hmm. like, we'll have to see what the like are you splitting up into different little groups to go hunt down different monsters are you all it feels like everyone's playing the, the same dungeon? bullet hell like, that's what it feels yeah like. exactly and that that's gonna be a mess unless they <laughs> pull some cool stuff yeah like how do you even distinguish which one's you at a certain point like there has to be such good visual distinction between 33 different characters on one screen yeah. even in so, a really well designed roguelike like hades like yeah. hades i generally know where i am but when that game gets going it's pretty mm-hmm. hard Yes. Right. And so, and then add thirty-two more Zagreuses to the Hades boss fight, and then that's that. That is a bad look for thirty-three immortals. But hey, no, well, it's a design. It it's a design f- challenge feat, I would say, to make that work and feel good. Yes. And, and scale. I, I'm saying that if they if they did it badly, it'll be like that with Hades <laughs> and thirty-three Zagreuses. But yep. if they do it well, then it could be you know Journey Bullet Hell. Yeah. Who knows. And speak, like just like I was saying, I would always rather them try something new than uh, some than a sequel than Spirit Fair Two. So like, yeah, hell yeah, Thirty Three Immortals. Let's see what it what it's let's like. Let's go. Come we'll into Game it. Pass. So yeah, we have a bunch of people who can play it day one, and that's what you need for a game like that. And yeah. if you oh my god, that... have you had Thirty Three friends and like, <laughs> hey, group chat of Thirty Three people. Yeah, Thirty Three people. Can you all Discord. buy this fifty to twenty to twenty five dollar game for me? Um, <laughs> What's your buy-in gonna be? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it needs to be a game pass. It needs to be free, and it's not one where they like wanted to go premium, then pivoted like they did with. You remember Outriders or even yep. Fall Guys pivoted to free to play. Uh, it's not one of those ones that like just before it comes out is like actually it's free to play. We realize we're not gonna have enough people. It's like no, from the get go, this is coming to Game Pass. This is a multiplayer that just needs a huge install base game, and we're gonna treat it that way. Yeah, this goes back to a conversation that we had several years ago on mm-hmm. what Game Pass allows developers to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if if they're not so profit-focused on... Like, if it's exclusive to Game Pass, that is. Like if they're not so worried, oh, how many units are we going to sell? It's, mm-hmm. can we ship the game and get our lump sum payment from Microsoft, plus whatever they're giving you for time spent or purchases motivated, whatever deals they have going on the back end for that? Like, what does... Does that change developer priorities? Like, mm-hmm. does that allow them to make more interesting choices because they know that they don't have to sell 10,000 copies day one? Like, what, what does that 
what does that look like? And we, we didn't have answers, but we were just speculating about it several years ago. So. I should say, actually, Googling this page, I'm I'm not 100% sure it is coming to Game Pass Day 1. Oh, it is. Okay, I got it from there. Coming website. to Game Pass and Epic Game Store in 2024. Oof. All right, cool. Um, But, yeah. I uh, I agree and uh, yeah shout out to the team of Thunder Lotus. Uh, uh, when we had uh, our f- <clears throat> friends of the pod Sebastian and Dell from uh, Gearbox Quebec on, they mentioned going to the Thunder Lotus Studios and and mentioning that they're a really cool team that seem like that they just are just a good game studio that is a good place to work. And I always like hearing that about the That's games. Like Cl- Claire Bye-bye. hates crafting. Mm-hmm. And she played Spearfarer, which has some crafting in it. Yes. And she didn't say a word about it, so mm-hmm. they know something. You okay. Know, they're, they're doing. They're doing some work. Good. There's a bunch of Ubisoft shit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we stopped covering Ubisoft after their 2020 uh, essentially expose over several weeks, revealing them to be the Catholic Church of the games industry, despite having like <laughs> thousands of game developers within Canada and being a large part of the Canadian games industry. I'm excited for that Avatar game. I'm going to play it. Everyone was hyping up New Prince of Persia, but yeah, a bunch of you know sexual predators are making money off that game. So that's that sucks at the same time. What can you do, Jake? Yeah, the Prince of Persia game looks neat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any history with the Prince of Persia franchise, but I do like myself a good 2D Metroidvania. So mm-hmm. we'll see if it's any good. Agreed. Uh, a lot of people were angry about that, surprisingly. Like I heard oh, a lot. Of I people, think it was like I think it was like because I wanted the Prince of Persia remake. I wanted it in 3D. <laughs> I wanted a new Prince of Persia yes. game. It's like well, that apparently the remakes in development hell for forever that too it's been restarted twice or something uh but they were also there was that tiny vocal minority who i think it's like gets the magnifying glass thrown on them that was like he's a very dark-skinned prince of persia like oh this is woke prince of persia and then the guy who invented prince of persia was like this is what prince of persia looks like and then he just put together a collage of like the 30 different ways prince of persia has looked over the years including the most recent one in this new one that kind of just put the whole thing to rest dusted the hands so i love it the last the the last thing that i'm worried about when i'm playing a game called prince of persia (laughs) is the like hex code of the person's skin color yeah the guy from the desert too stop. black. The guy from the desert's too black. Too like, black. Stop talking. <laughs> like, That's funny. Could you imagine like uh, you, someone playing God of War Ragnarok and then just taking like the Photoshop hat, like a uh, dropper tool and then putting yes. on like Thor's face? Like, ah, he's a little too dark for those. Yeah. The, you know, the the Swiss. The nerds were actually like, this way. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Gamers need to shut up. Everyone needs to get off Twitter at the same time. It would just be great for all our health collectively 
Um, <clears throat> that was it from Key 3. Uh, there was some indie stuff, a bunch of indie games that we've covered here that no point bringing up again because it was just like trailers and stuff. Cited for uh, Venba. It's probably my most anticipated indie game still. That was at the Day of the Devs, I think. In- Indian food cooking game from a family in Scarborough. Uh, shout out to at Brown Money. That's on your Twitter. experience, bro. That's that's literally <laughs> not my experience. That's, that's, no. <laughs> but, well, you, yeah, you but. you not necessarily your experience, but you 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 have been uh, close to that environment. In your, oh, so uh, high school years. So when I when I when I when they put out their like a release date trailer and and one of their like first gameplay videos showing making all the Indian food, I just I retweeted it and I was like, this this just like taps such a like I can smell. No, I think I remember I said I can smell this game. And, uh-huh. and and they retweeted that and and the developer has one of my favorite game dev handles I've ever seen. He's at Brown Money on Twitter. That's he's, funny. He's a uh, of the culture that would eat and know how to make this food and uh, is talking about his experience growing up in an immigrant family in Scarborough. So I'm stoked for that one too. That was probably my favorite indie of all the key three shit. Did anything I stand totally, out? I to can totally you? see you like mm. that in, re-inspiring you to make some more of that stuff at home. Oh yeah, like. absolutely. Because they're just gonna show you. Because that's the thing. Like working at the Indian restaurant, I could tell you how to make four gallons of butter chicken at once. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I couldn't t- like. And if you put me in the same kitchen with all the same buckets, like I don't remember the name of all any of the ingredients. Like I just knew in that setting how to make that much of that food. So none right. of that translates to a home kitchen, unfortunately. What you're not making four gallons of butter chicken <laughs> at home to throw? It you in your could. Fridge? You that's that sh- Indian food is the best reheated food like takeout. It's pretty great. Ever, it's incredible. Beats the crap out of Chinese food. Chinese food reheats like crap. Yeah, or like stuff with an air fryer is getting better. Like pizza and chicken yep. and fries, I can do with an air fryer like no problem. Jake, Jake, we got to wrap up here. I want to know what you liked from Key Three. It doesn't have to be Canadian, but does anything jump out at you from the last several weeks of? Shit. Let me let me look for a second. Let me, <laughs> let me just look at the list here, because there there was a lot. There was a lot, you know. There was a Nintendo um, Direct uh, that like was announced and then came out, and then a bunch of people I know like didn't even realize was coming until after it had aired. Um, there was the PlayStation One in May. Uh, there was Summer Game Fest. There was the Xbox One. Uh, PC Gamer Show, Day of the Devs, uh, a couple other indie me, ones. Yeah, give me a give me a second here. I need Devolver. to look at the list. It's like when someone asks you to tell you a joke. This is the first time, probably since my grade twelve year, that I have not kept up with all the E three stuff. Probably since my grade nine year, actually, since I have not like watched at least four or five streams made a big note of all the games I was excited for. Like I watched 20 minutes of Xbox. Uh, and then that was, oh, I know, I know what I'm interested in. Oh yeah. It would hit me. So I'm not interested in this cause I think it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in this to see what the fallout is going to be. And that's kind of a segue. It's kind of a segue into Starfield. <laughs> like if that, yes. the fallout is going to be, I think you get yeah, it. I get it. I get it. Uh, because more details have come out, obviously, because yes. of interviews and stuff. And they've said things like, there's going to be no vehicles. There's yes. going to be no rideable animals. There's going to be let uh, 10% of planets have life of any kind. Yes. They also threw in a couple quotes like procedural generation. Mm-hmm. And all those things make me feel bad in my tummy about that game. <laughs> uh, like... 
I'm a big FTL fan. I love I love Faster Than Light, and that ship combat really was just FTL in third person in real time, or not yes. third person, but first person in real time. And yes. that that part interested me. Uh, build a game around that, Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, try to stuff every single thing into your game, and then it's going to be uh, Jack of All Trades, Master of None, which you know Bethesda games have often been known for but oh i maintain we've got we've got four romanceable characters we've got you know skill trees you've seen those before we've got uh a a tavern where you're going to walk up or a city with you're going to walk up and instantly become the most important person in the universe for this person it's like okay i've played bethesda games before and this one is looking like the most bethesda capital b bethesda game of all time and i'm not excited for it and that's the thing, like Bethesda Soft works. Like the actual team, like that did Fallout Three, Four, Seventy Six, and now Starfield. Uh, and then, uh, I guess, you know, Morrowind was like the start of the end of like actual like that core team who'd been working on right. like Fallout OG and and that. But like the actual games they've made have been kind of not great, or I would argue innovative. Like they've retread since like. The beginning, they've been recycling, like, and and there's a difference, like, game studios, of course, recycle, because if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and I believe, like, components can be reassembled in ways that make something new and worth playing, and even worth paying $90 for sometimes, but this is not what Bethesda does, they are the, they are the most, like, bare bones, low effort, and we have reports that this quote-unquote creation engine 2, that like the engine they've been using since Morrowind and all these games, uh, is actually more of a creation engine 1.2 from a bunch of former devs via some Schreier reporting. And so like every, and then there was that awesome one where they're on Kind of Funny, I think, or Giant Bomb or something, and it's uh, Phil Spencer next to Matt Booty, great name, from Xbox, and he's like, uh, oh, I'm confident if Starfield came out today, it would have as less bugs as any Bethesda software game (laughs) To date, and if you zoom in on Phil's face, (laughs) zoom in on Phil's face, he's like, No, 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 kill Bill Sirens. (laughs) Like, Bethesda is made to make Kroby Cat videos out of. Starfield's locked at 30 FPS, Jake. Why is Starfield locked at 30 FPS? I'm fine with that. Like, lots of games are locked at 30 FPS for lots of reasons. Like, whatever. That's that's fine. 30 FPS is very playable from TV distance. It won't be locked to 30 FPS on PC, mm-hmm. right? So, if you want to play the game with mods and with, like, if you want the kind of extended Bethesda experience, you're going to buy it on, on PC and you're not going to have those limitations. But the people who don't are going to buy it on console and have those limitations. So, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you pick your poison with Bethesda games. I think that playing that game on controller is going to be a nightmare <laughs> but i also think that flying a ship with keyboard controls is going to be a nightmare mm. so <laughs> yep i that's so that's my biggest excitement for it is just i'm i'm waiting for those sweet sweet compilations of if we release starfield right now uh we'd be the bethesda's least buggy game like clipped over top of a character's ship like floating (laughs) into the ground while the character like (laughs) is completely bugged out in multiple like angles uh like their legs look broken while their xp system just dumps out (laughs) infinite xp for opening a trash can Uh, and the (laughs) the game's physics are tied to the frame rate like i'm just waiting for those compilations because the idea that bethesda's like this is our biggest game it's a new IP writing new systems and it's not buggy at all is is like the <laughs> it's like I'm like you putting a, a murderer in you know that TikTok like, audio like you're not that guy you're not that guy that's, that's, yeah. all of us to Bethesda right now <laughs> yeah like I, I'm sorry but uh, those those 
compilations with Todd Howard saying, tell me lies, lies tell, tell me sweet me little, little lies, lies. like yeah. <laughs> I have made a real impact on me and I can't No, you're right. Crobcat's going to put Starfield into his PS4 and like ascend like his, he'll start levitating and his third eye yeah. will open and he'll make oh the, my God. Like, the it, biggest it, self-owned it, video of like, you know when he, we know when like they're getting punched in a kung fu movie and he like steps back and like puts one hand out and then with the other hand like examines his nail. That's going to be Crobcat right, right. dissecting yeah. Starfield. Yeah. Literally, like I, I with your own arguments. It's it's so funny that they're making this because what what space games have we had recently? No Man's no Sky. Man, no Man's Sky. Yes. What did No Man's Sky say? Oh, we're gonna have a big world. We're gonna have all this uh, procedural generation. There's gonna be all kinds of creatures and ships, and you can buy this, and you can go here, and it feels like you can do anything. It's yes. It's the biggest game world that anyone has ever thought of. Like, okay, what's in it? Well, not much. <laughs> Nothing. And then, Bethesda, and then Bethesda's like, well, we're not going to go crazy. We're yeah. going to have a thousand. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have a thousand hours to explore all your empty planets, Bethesda. Yes. Uh, what is there, and why do I care about the empty desert planet? What and is that's the thing, Jake. They could is pitch it, it to be, me is it... in a way what? that sold me on, on that approach to that design. Because right now, with their current sell of the traditional, like, it's a massive game that'll take you this long to beat. I'm not sold. But all they have to do is, like, taught us to get on screen, like, Steven, think of the planets in Starfield, like, Korok Seeds and Zelda. They're, they're all there just to add texture to your path between areas, but you're not supposed to do them all. It's, it's, it's like, it's, we're just filling the world to, to add space to it, but it's not, like, a checklist, like a Ubisoft game. That is a, com- a compelling pitch for yeah. me. And, Here, and, here's the difference, Steven. Mm-hmm. When there's a Korok in my path, I pick <laughs> up a rock, and yes. I get a Korok Seed. When in Starfield, if I land on a planet, it's going to be an entire landing sequence. Yep. I'm going to have to use fuel. I yep. maybe have to maneuver my ship to one of the places that you can land. I'm yeah. going to walk out. I might talk to some NPCs. I, what I imagine a lot of these plants are going to be filled with is what Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout 3 were filled with because they're open-world-ish games. Yeah. Like you walk up to a, you walk up to the, the Sarsaparilla Saloon and it's mm-hmm. a building. It's got some raiders in it. You kill the raiders, take their caps. Maybe there's a gun in the corner, and then you leave. It's like, mm-hmm. Cool. Now times that by a thousand. Like, that doesn't here's make a not even, better yeah, game. So, so you're doing like, the same monotonous, repetitive RPG quests that are so hard to do. And we recently saw this with Final Fantasy 16. All totally. the reviews mentioned shitty side quests. But yeah, here's the other thing: like, I heard. like consider Bethesda games in terms of like the gameplay loop, like in just in terms of actions, like which is something I'm doing at work a lot. So this is why it's on my brain. Like for Fallout right, 4. Firms. Yeah, yeah. For Fallout 4, like the chain, your, your loop would be like move, talk, move, shoot, collect, move, talk. Like that is, you've done one thing, you got the drum roll, and then the XP bar came up. That's one right. loop. And so all we're doing in Starfield is going to add fly. <laughs> it's going to be fly, move, talk, move, shoot, kill, collect, move, talk, fly. We're adding, we're adding another step of just doing uh, me- me- menial movement to uh, the, uh, the Bethesda I- loop. Absolutely, and then upon it, like to add to that, uh, what is the flying but moving, shooting, and collecting? Because they showed in that, <laughs> well, you're going to be able to shoot people in your in your uh, spaceship. You're also going to be able to collect things in your spaceship. You're able to talk to people <laughs> in your spaceship. You're going to so do gummy you, missions you, like Kingdom Hearts in between like, your other. You, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do, Bethesda? Like you can. Uh. 
you can make the biggest game, the bit just the biggest, the biggest freaking game. Yeah. And it, who who cares? I'd yeah. rather have a game like the Outer Wilds. Yes, the right? best big game like... set in space, maybe ever. <laughs> I've watched a video essay on it. I still need to play it. Would you yeah. be interested in watching me play it? Dude, yeah, I played a bunch of it and then just watched a bunch of video essays on it. That's what I do now. I don't finish games. <laughs> I know. You got me on uh, Tunic, and then I beat it in a week or yeah, two. Yeah, you did. That was like, you got to finish Tunic, and you're like, yes. want to play Overwatch? Yes. <laughs> uh, Claire, yeah. Claire beat it, too. So Yeah, everyone's beating Tunic but me. And everyone should listen to our interview with Tunic developers Andrew Schuldis, Eric Billingsley, and fuck. Kevin As a patron Ray of Canada Game Kevin Devs, I can, I can confirm something. that that is a great interview. Aw, oh, thanks, Jake. Uh, I don't think Steve's coming back. I think Sophia's had a little tough bedtime. Um, That's okay. I'll, I'm your I'm your secondary host yes, today. Perfect. Yeah. No. Literally, we needed to get an episode out. It had been so long. Uh, at this point, after the news, I would talk about like ports and launches. The only thing I want to mention, as far as like a concept, not not to say anything about these other games I've written down here that you won't hear about, <laughs> dear listener. But a big launch recently was the Outlast Trials is now out in early right. access from the Red Barrels in Montreal. This is big. This is a studio who I, I for my money, is one of the most consistent. Uh, uh, competent independent game studios, not even just in Canada, like in the industry. Like I really respect Red Barrels uh, from Outlast 1, the DLC to 2, and now Trials. So I'm really interested in how this shakes out. It's uh, $38.99, so they're getting a lot higher than they were with Outlast, which was like $17.99, and then Outlast 2, which I think was like $24.99. So definitely they're exploring that mid-double-A price range. Uh, for an early access game, which which reads to me like maybe a sixty dollar or even full price right. on store shelves, final price once it's done early access. Uh, is is the Outlast Trials VR game? So not only is it uh, hold on, I want to get make sure I have everything. It's not VR yet. I don't think it's uh, online co op controller support, Steam Deck verified, uh, multiplayer game, uh, survival horror co-op multiplayer game where it's you and other people at uh the this murkoff facility murkoff the evil company uh from the outlast games and it's you and a bunch of other people fighting against sort of npc horrors right that you might but recognize you know what it reminds me of yeah uh, a lot of horror board games have that kind of pitch right like mm. you play different characters who have a couple different skills and you're yes. fighting it uh, npc or creatures and so if this is if this is like a um video gamification of a game like uh, Horrified or uh, Betrayal House on the Hill. Uh, yeah, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, real time, of course, but definitely that same, like, you're looking for synergies in, like, stressful situations that are looking at, like, different horror tropes, et cetera. Uh, and and here's the here's the reason I bring up this. This is how you know Red Barrels is such a big player. This came out May 18th in early access. It's already at 22,000 reviews on Steam. If we use our friend Victor's metric from Blue Pin Studios, which I trust, uh, you want an average multiplayer of one review for every 35 sales. So we got 22,000 reviews of the Outlast uh, three ostensibly Outlast Trials uh, in less than a month only on steam it's also on epic so we got twenty-two thousand times 35 
That's 770,000 units just on Steam, 36 Canadian a pop. Uh, Valve gets their 30%. Um, Red Barrels <laughs> takes home their 70 But that's astounding, Jake. That's money, right? Yeah, based on that estimation, that's crazy. Even if it was 50, like a, like a lower or higher ratio, that's still crazy numbers. Uh, what are you talking consider- about? What are we talking about? I'm back. Outlast oh, Trials. Outlast Trials. May 18th, it entered early access, and it's at 22,000 reviews already, Steve. So if we use if we use Victor's wow. if we use Victor's one to 35, that puts it at 70, 770,000 copies, 36, 39 Canadian a pop, just on Steam, not even Epic. That's crazy. I didn't think Outlast was that. Oh, dude, Outlast, know. and that's what I was Popular. saying. Like the the only reason I bring it up in our, our releases section is I think it's going to be one of the big Canadian games of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And along with Sons of the Forest. I forgot this came out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also on Epic, um, yeah, exploring that mid, not quite low indie, not quite the AAA price point, which is interesting. And coming Steam, Dad Deck verified out of the gate, Steve. So there you go. (laughs) The Dad Deck? I'm assuming you have a Steam Deck and played a lot while watching your kid then? (laughs) Yeah, portable gaming comes in clutch when it comes to... Kids You've got the backbone, the PlayStation phone controller. And I'm going to get the Q Light or whatever the hell. It's You're going to get that to call Steve? No, don't encourage them. No, I'm a big you that, Jake? You know, I'm it's kidding. like it's like 150 dollars, <laughs> and it just streams your PS5 to it. Like it is, it exclusively just Wi-Fi streams your PS5. It just does what Sounds my like backbone hell. does. <laughs> it's not my phone. Uh, I, I always uh, like, I, I just heard another nail in the coffin for Starfield. Mm, yeah <laughs> no no uh like if you buy a physical copy of the game oh uh, we got this no copies will come with a physical it's just the collector's edition which it's they've been doing all, since yeah. mirror's edge 2 in like 20 i could i could totally see it because that's what they did in 76 too. right like for a bunch of them yeah yeah I just want to read on the Outlast trials. I always like reading. They have to answer if they're in early access how long they plan to. And they say, quote, it all depends on the feedback. Our goal is to release the full version as soon as we can before the end of the year, if we can. So six months, if they can, <laughs> which they're doesn't on mean the anything clock. in games. <laughs> they're on the clock. They are. Uh, and Steve, any of these other launches you want to highlight? Uh, Rogue Legacy 2, uh, finally out on consoles, PS5, Grindstone on PS5, Assault, Steel Assault, PS5. All Grindstone, games. I got the Platinum. Um, oh, already? Rogue, How was that? Rogue Leg, it was, it was awesome. I hope Keeley stubs his toe every single day. Knowing <laughs> For that, that he, <laughs> didn't give it to Goaty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Rogue Legacy 2 is, the, is part of the PlayStation Plus uh, thingy. This okay, month, like, like the one of the mid tiers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm lower on the cast system in PlayStation than you, so I don't get those. I would have to buy. Damn, damn right you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would be in the premium service, but every time there's a premium game that I want to play on my PS5, I already own it from like when I bought it on Vita or yep. just was given it. Like the the big game this year or this month was Killzone Liberation. Already which have it. was which they gave for free when the PS network went down in 2011. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I have this from 10 years ago. Uh, um, no, I'm just going over the news, so I'm I, so I apologize, Sophia. No, that's okay. 
but yeah, no, we, we basically just covered all the key three announcements and then some other news. Uh, was a, I'll, I'll throw it to you before maybe we just do a wish list quick and then what we've been playing. Was there anything from the past couple weeks of E3 announcements, the Xbox thing, Nintendo, PlayStation, that like jumped You know what I don't see on here that we should give mm. a shout out to? Later Daters 2 got announced. Yo, did it? I forgot about that. Jake, are you familiar with Later Daters? It's, I'm sure uh, not. Later Daters is from Bloom Digital in Toronto. Shout out to them. They rock. Uh, Tabby, I think, one of the writers on that project. It has one of our favorite like menu songs, which is about the games. Later, daters, <laughs> and it's got like a karaoke version. Um, and yeah, it's on Steam and Switch. It's an old folks dating sim with like a gorgeous art style. It's very funny. Oh, that's uh, fun. Yeah. So, is it on Steam yet? Let me see here. I can't find. Because no, if I search later daters two, I got later daters part two because they released yeah, the, the they game in two or three parts. Yeah, but that's awesome. No, I'm I'm really stoked that they got enough money <clears throat> to do another one. Later mm-hmm. daters Bloom, two. Bloom Digital, that's the company. Bloom Digital. Yeah, they're great. No, I think uh, I think I worked incidentally for one of the people at this company one year. I demoed one of their games at the X. I was beside Nintendo. Hmm. That was fun. Where did I see that Later Days 2 got announced? Because it's not even on their website yes, right now. Yeah. I mean, are you fake newsing us, Steve? No, I got this. Did wait, you skip on. the whole episode and then step in just to fake news us right at the end? <laughs> oh, wait. It's on a... Oh, wait. That is part two. Yeah, I got I got the same thing you got earlier. Well, un, unconfirmed at the moment. Uh, wait. I see the sequel to Lawn Story is coming early is 2024. That what you no, it was later daters, wasn't it? Was it was it Steve or was it Long Story Two? You know it's a really important 7th, piece of information right now. <laughs> Am I recording still? I am okay. That's good. Okay, that is good if you Alright, I think you meant long story two because they tweeted this no, out no, no, no. two weeks hold ago. On, hold it, on. It, let no? me let me get the hold on. Well, I mean you can continue. I'll 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 all right, you the, get to the bottom of that. Uh, well, I throw it to a song, and then we'll uh, wish list a couple Canadian games, uh, go over what we've been playing, and wrap up this long-awaited return to the Canadian game devs scene. Cool. Death don't have no mercy in this land. Death don't have no mercy in this land. You come to your house and it won't stay long. You look in the bed and somebody be gone. Death don't have no mercy. Oh, I am fake newsing you guys. It's Lawn Story 2 got announced. Of course you are fake newsing us, Steve. I knew this whole time. <clears throat> I could why what's that thing? The bear scene bears thing? What's that? Mandela effect. Did you get yeah, Mandela affected? I, I feel like it. I I don't know. That's so weird. What was I? Well, I mean Lawn Story two also looks good. It's that studio, so it's the yeah. same like kind of game. It's just not focused on old, old farts. Yeah. Young farts. Yeah. All right, everyone. Crack your knuckles. 
bust open Steam and let's wishlist some Canadian games. If you don't know, this segment is called Wishlist This, inspired by Brett, rest in peace, frequent wishlisting of games while we were talking about them <laughs> in this program. Shut <coughs> up, Steve. Uh, I now Perfect. highlight three games every week to add to your wishlist while we talk about them, starting with, all caps, LOFI by Iris VR Inc. in Toronto, coming out TBD, quote, and then I like to do the <clears throat> like theater guy voice for this, Jake. <clears throat> You're the sheriff of City Block 303, a retro-futuristic cyberpunk slum where the only inhabitants of note are other lo-fi. Humans too poor to jack into the platform and rusting rolled robots that didn't achieve intelligence singularity. <laughs> what you do with your time is up to you. Are you a good cop? Hop shot? Hot shot? Damn it, I almost got through the whole thing. Uh, so it supports multiple VR headsets. No date yet. No gifts in the Steam page either, Steve. Boo. Uh, but mm. they got a trailer and screenshots. They're going for a very shiny art style, I will say. This feels like an Unreal Engine game to me. Um, it kind of reminds me. Do you remember that uh, taxi game from Zenfree Inc.? I think yeah, the, the, the VR one, wasn't it? Yes. This feels like a hyper-realistic <laughs> version of that mode of VR game. Yeah. Hmm. Jake, you play VR. You probably play VR. You and Steve probably v- play VR way more than me. Uh, what do you think about these kind of atmospheric adventure games? I think VR is kind of the only way that you can do them to the point where everyone's <laughs> going to be freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Like if you have horror elements, like ultimately the the immersive qualities of VR are just, you know unmatched. I'm not saying anything new. Right. Um, I have really enjoyed my time with games like Red Matter. Mm. Where, oh, Red uh, Matter 2 came out and I bought it day one. I just haven't played it yet. Yeah, I played um, the original and, and I really, really liked it. And it has very, very light horror elements. But mm. it, it was very... Like, I can still, years out, two years out, visualize the spaces that I explored in my head. Right? And I can't yeah. say that about most games that I play with a controller on a screen. The right? sequel so, got a lot of lot of hype on the PSVR 2 community because it's just like made by two or three people and it's like graphically the most impressive I, game on PSVR apparently. I'm not even going to say that Red Matter, if I played it on like my PC with mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. I don't even think it'd be good. Hmm. Right? Like I, I don't it's, even think it's it'd be good. It's, not, it's, not, right? it's nothing new. It was like block puzzles some find the lever you know move some stuff around like it was nothing new really it was just like wow i really feel like i'm on another planet in a spaceship the sound design like i don't know if there'd be any good with mouse and keyboard but in vr it was like really good (laughs) yeah so i will say to that point jake note it has that orange box at the top of the steam page Uh, this title runs in standard and vr does not require a vr headset so already we're splitting. As a designer, I'm always thinking about like all the different ways you are able to interact with it will like make it harder to z- z- tune in on one thing. Like it has to use mouse, keyboard, and a VR headset. You know, you're gonna right. l- limit yourself a bit. Um, yeah, it's, the, it's a tough it's a tough call because you have to if you're just VR, then you can do all the cool VR shit. Yes, but then you're like limiting yourself to just VR, which is obviously a much smaller um, piece of the pie than. Mm-hmm than like all the PC keyboard nerds out there. So the developer Blair Renault, he says uh, lo-fi hashtag VR for hashtag PC hashtag PS5, 
whether or not it's VR on PS5, but it is coming to PS5. So Blair's started at Rockstar and is now in Toronto, where they've co-founded the studio making this game. Uh, and uh, yeah, they uh, <laughs> this user pays for Twitter Blue, so they are they are on board, which is awesome. That's they're, too bad. They're That's too bad. You, don't play, you don't pay for Twitter Blue, Stephen? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> is, it, aren't you? If you're Twitter Blue for like a company, isn't that? Um, it's expensive. Gold. No, the company pays for it. It's like thirty-five dollars a month or something. I think. Oh no, there's a thousand-dollar one though, isn't there? Oh, 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 I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, no, there's a, they're doing tiers. They're doing the cast system like PlayStation, mm. just without any. As, as everyone, as all, else. as we all should. As we all Steven, should. Steven, did you did you say that Red Matter Two could be played with mouse and keyboard? No, the lo-fi game we're talking about the here. Lo-fi the lo-fi game, okay. game, yeah. It's like, I was going to issue a correction. <laughs> I see that you... <laughs> Stand uh, down, sir. So. <laughs> De-arming the cannon. Oh, oh, I should mention buried the lead of it here on lo-fi. It's in early access on Itch.io. There's a $35 version you can buy and check out. Uh, uh, it seems like the studio Anti-Cleric, which is Blair's studio name, uh, has a lot more in-depth into the design on here, which is interesting. Uh, Lo-Fi is a massive open-world sandbox-style adventure with action elements and emphasis on exploration and character-driven stories. Like a holodeck program, the player is free to explore the city and further various narratives or just hang out in the arcade and spend their credits. So I feel like they're going for just like, you live in Cyberpunk City game. And <laughs> that's kind of cool for VR. I gotta imagine... If they're if it says coming to PlayStation twenty twenty three, I gotta imagine it's gotta imagine VR. it's VR. Yeah. PS4. Although, if it's just Blair, mm. I don't know. Every platform is like months. Of no, work. that's fair. Uh, gentlemen, Blair, is if you fi. could do me a solid, you could just not go to sleep for the next five months or something. Release this bad boy in December. That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, Blair, depending on your budget, Joy Drop Limited in London, Ontario, could help you with ports to various platforms. Uh, hey, DM me. Oh, are they paying for a dad? No, but. <laughs> I'd work on this. That'd be so hype. <laughs> See, I would love to work on this. Uh, Blair, outside of Joy Drop, let me know if you need any help. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, is Lo-Fi by Iris VR Inc. in Toronto, Ontario on your Steam wish list? Yes, it is. Not for me. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, totally not the name of the se- that's not the name of the segment, <laughs> Next though. Next game today on Wishlist is Infest by Shoot Apps in Ontario. It's releasing TBD. You can wishlist on Steam. Quote, Infest is a roguelike deck builder where you manipulate the battleground pixel by pixel. Every pixel is physically simulated to burn, freeze, corrode, shock, and melt. Deploy a carefully crafted deck to unleash an impressive chain reaction on alien infestations. It's a deck builder. It's a roguelike. It's got that, uh, uh, what was that? Noida, Norita, that, uh, game. Cause you know how the physics, the sand falls and like yeah, builds. Yeah, man. I- I used to play a game like this, like a flash game or something like this, like in 2008 it's like, it's like or make nine. the elements or something, like mix water yeah, exactly. and earth yeah. to make dirt. Like. Yeah, you unlock plants and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used yeah. to play something like this all the time. This reminds way, me of – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say a quick shout-out to this developer because they also released Forest Fire earlier. Oh, yeah, this, and you liked which that I played. One. Yeah, I played on Dad Deck quite a bit, and uh, it was solid. I think it was like – it's a good – portable game where it's just so like proven track really record of good arcade game <clears throat> yeah and that one was pixel too and uh actually rogue star rescue is fun too and that was on i played that on dad deck too so this two is for two. Two, for, two for two two for two 
Nice. All right. All right. Shoot apps. What were you going to say? Not everyone, not everyone shoots a thousand, a hundred percent though. So I mean, let's just, no, I'm just fine. That's this true, does look cool. <laughs> Infest reminds me of those flash games that you mentioned to create the elements and make stuff. It also reminds me kind of of worms mm-hmm. for yeah. some reason. Worms the and then a little bit of inscription. Yeah, it's crunchy. Right, just just a little bit. So. Yeah, it's crunchy modern. It's like pixel art that wasn't achievable on the platforms it's emulating, like NES, SNES, Classic, Mac. Right. Like, it's too complicated to have run on those. But <laughs> What, it... the NES couldn't run 7,000 <laughs> pixel simulations at the same time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Piece of garbage. Yeah, I mean, just like, uh, it's, that, it's that pixel art that, like... <clears throat> it, it's going for a retro thing, but it's like retro that wouldn't be possible on what it's going It's the for. Shovel Knight thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Steven, can you remind me, Rogue Light is you level up, right? Yes. And this Thank is you. A Rogue Light is eventual win. Yeah, and this is a like, mm. so reset every time. Love no, 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 it says light. No, oh my like. god, no, it's like in the description and the tag. Yeah, I see it right now. In the features at the bottom, it says Rogue Light style permadeath. So what does that mean? You're right. Oh my god, we found another one. Jake, you, you, you aren't following up, but we have multiple times found within the same steam page contradictions in like and light and this is an oh these poor devs <laughs> so you're what right a... steve i don't know his um, other so the other two games are rogue light do a control I, f how many um, which one wins i get one light and i get six likes oh wait, okay so like oh, hold on rogue like until further four notice I... likes yeah four to one okay i feel like until, until further notice it's a rogue like yeah so we should for me, as a as like like I love I love the rogue overall genre, but I'm really turned off by rogue lights nowadays because mm. they just feel like eventual wins. That's the opposite like just, of Steve and I. See, I'm the opposite, right? and that's exactly yeah. why I like. No, <laughs> I, I, I want to master the game system mm-hmm. to make my win more based on strategy. And the other one is just like, oh, well, I just brute forced the game enough to have four times the amount of health that a default yeah. character has. Like, it, it's just, oh, if I just sink enough time into this, then I don't have to try anymore or engage with the game systems. I just brute force. Yeah. I got the three Zeus boons that one hit everything till the final boss. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I love games that have more complexity within the gameplay itself than just, mm. I do more damage now because I played three runs. Yeah. That it makes sense to me, but there's been plenty of times where I play and I'm just like, I just wasted an hour and yeah. I have nothing to gain for it. That's that is um, You didn't see a number go up. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> literally, I, need that. I, I grew up playing RPGs. I need the number to go up. So it's <laughs> I'm just like at this point, like I'm there's been plenty of times too where I played a rogue light or like and I'm just like, Man, I really wish this wasn't a rogue game mm. like i wish this game was just three hours long of just yeah. this. It'd be perfect and shout that's out what to you to pixel dungeon best rogue like full full rogue like on uh on mobile okay okay pixel dungeon? I mean, uh, play, play play that game for years only ever got to the third boss that's incredible <laughs> and i All love right. it steve jake is infest by shoot apps in ontario on your steam wish list I just clicked add to your wish list. I like deck builders. I like roguelike games. Hell yeah. yeah. It was before. I'm a, Last I'm a real fan. Game today on wish list is <laughs> Venture to the Vile by Studio Cut to Bits in Montreal, Quebec. Quote, 
Your life is plunged into disarray by a monstrous entity known as the Vile. With the town in shambles and your arm left blackened by the Vile, you discover that your best friend Luella is also missing. Will you save the town and find Luella, or will you give in to the monster that you've become? So it's like a it's like a side scrolling puzzle platformer, kind of kind of giving me like trine trine vibes, but with an art style. Mm. Uh, uh, that's that's very <laughs> what a diss on trine. Oh 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 no! <laughs> oh, you're about to describe the art style. I thought you were just saying yeah. it's like trine, no, no, but, no. but it has an art style. <laughs> no no no, <laughs> but it has an art style that's more uh more like I don't know. It feels like a everyone says like Tim Burton or like like one of those like gross mask mm-hmm. you know but it's a lot brighter and uh uh cleaner than like a tim burton thing but it's definitely that like it <coughs> looks like someone put it all t- it looks like a miniature dollhouse we're looking into that someone assembled from like actual props yeah uh coming Have out we've been recording for an hour and 20 minutes is that accurate yes sir holy oh, shit see what i've been going down some rabbit holes no that's fine like i just I don't sometimes Sophia just doesn't want to go to bed, so I apologize. No oh, worries, okay. dude. Uh it's got gifts in the Steam description, which we love to see. Uh and what else? Controller support. Yeah, immerse yourself in narrative quests while meeting peculiar and memorable cast of characters while you search for your missing best friend. This looks it's looking pretty smooth. Some of the um, some of the like battle stuff too, for sure. Like there's one where he like kind of jumps up and then does there's like, a jump a dash smash there's... down. Yeah, there's like there's angle dashes like 45 degrees northeast or southeast while you're in the air. Um, there's yeah. like platforms. There's like grapple hooking. Um, it looks like, like a parry too. I just saw a parry one. So yeah, this, this looks like it could be pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jake? And uh, I don't see the tag of RPG, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself squarely on the. This game is coming out in 2024 and looks like it needs more polish. Yeah. To to me, and also I've played a lot of these kind of side scroll, small, child like figure in the world trying Limbo, to figure it out. Little yeah, nightmares. absolutely. Yeah, little yeah. nightmares, etc. Like everyone, everyone's played a lot of those games, and I think the best really throw things away, mm. right? Like you walk into a level and you engage with the theme or the new mechanic of that level and then mm. you throw it away to never see it again the super mario galaxy the the uh um, unravel does that a bit i think inside uh, did that inside did that so did um it takes two mm-hmm. like if the, if the game is just jumping puzzles a couple combat and then some block pushing puzzles inventory and then you get to the end like the, maybe the art style can carry it all the way through but i've certainly seen it before i've also uh i also really like it when these games play with the genre right like um let me just look at my library here claire and i bought um for what it's worth the genre on the website says metroidvania which suggests more interesting which suggests a little bit more than just you know move to the right or whatever yeah and that it, there's going to be like backtracking to areas, games, yeah. items and shit. Yeah, like you won't get the whiplash, like the 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 dash whiplash thingy or whatever. The grapple until much later, and then there's an area to do that. Right, seems absolutely. Like. Yeah. Uh, it's like Birch from the Wild Woods or something like that. Like the website's there. pretty neat too. If you go to the website, the little dude is like walking along the bottom, and when he stops, it says Steam. When you click <laughs> it, it's pretty neat. Cool. Anyways is Venture to the Vile by Studio Cut to Bits in Montreal, Quebec on your Steam wish list. Yes, sir. 
I'm gonna need to see more maybe gotcha. next year to put it on my wish list. Gotcha. I love this. No, Jake, it's funny. And you didn't know this, but like <laughs> people usually just like do it, but I love that you're like actually only wish listing it if you want to. I respect that. They gotta earn yours. Steve and I are just sluts well, for the Canadian game industry. But, uh, I play lots <laughs> of child in a dangerous world with a big head. Yes. Doesn't know what they're talking about or what they uh what they've Platforms. stumbled into games. So I'm gonna yeah. need to need to what's what's the killer app for this, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yes, what's the gimmick? Uh what's the gimmick? Steve, you've been Probably active. The... Mm, oh, sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say because it's the Victorian style, I guess, because he's wearing. Oh, yeah. uh, it definitely feels yeah. like an art style some sort of antler or game. something. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, we have anything for Discord discussion? Was there anything people were talking about we want to highlight on the show? Uh, you were more in there than me. I, I scrolled through to the past couple of weeks. There was a bunch of talk about Final Fantasy games. A bunch <laughs> of people talking about that new Mario game. Oh, that the Wonder. the new Mario looks neat. I think it we does. all, I think everyone kind of agreed that in terms of showcases, and went Nintendo was one, um, Xbox was two, and Sony was three. That's okay, kind of okay. Be, given yeah, acceptance, yeah. as as a hardcore, as a bigger Sony fan than anything else, I agree with that. So I'd, I'd put Xbox and Nintendo kind of <laughs> closer together. Like the Nintendo one was good, mm. but Xbox just had. Such a massive variety, not to mention Starfield, which, like it or not, is going to be a massive. It's going to be a cyberpunk. It's going to be. I, I believe that in all than the anything senses. Nintendo showed, you know, like I. I we, it's we going to be bigger, but is it going to is it going to work though? Like, is it going no. to be no? That doesn't matter <laughs> if the marketing budget's big enough, Steve. If the marketing budget's big enough, like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is still the best launch PC game of all time. Which one is Star? Oh, Cyberpunk. cyberpunk yeah. 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 Um, so, I, I mean, Starfield beat it. Maybe, maybe. We'll find People out. Hyped. I, I mean, it's Game Pass, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll oh, check yeah. it out. Oh, it's coming to Game Pass. Then I'm gonna play it because I'm assuming no Game it Pass. is. It's gotta wait. Do we assume, oh, is Starfield? I'm assuming okay. it. I'm gonna it say is. it is as well. It's Game gotta pass. Uh, here we go. I'm Will launch Wednesday, September 6th. Day one release for Game Pass. There you go. Well, there you go. That's All great. right. Was there anything else in the Discord people were talking about we should we should bring up, or is that pretty much it? No, I don't remember. It's been like four months, so I have no idea. We talked about a lot of stuff. Hell yeah, dude. Let's wrap so, up the show. Someone mentioned. Uh, someone actually mentioned the Discord is dead, and then everyone just kind of bit, like, clapped. Although, yeah, no, I no, yeah, and everyone was like, I, the Discord just feels like a, a, a comfortable amount of activity for everyone who's being active. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and this one person like, hopped in, was like, wow, two thousand members, kind of dead, and everyone was like, question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, no, the Discord's great. Everyone should join it. Um, uh, I always love going in there to hear normal people talk about Marvel movies and feel sane or <laughs> feel more insane. I don't know. Oh, uh, I haven't. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the third one. Um, so across the Spider Verse today, <laughs> or into the beyond, uh, some moving <laughs> verb. Who knows. <laughs> We can't what's get into the, Marvel movies here. I can't do it, Steve. We're going to talk about what's the playing. What's the movie site that I review things? Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Yeah, I got you to make I mean, a Letterboxd. I've, made, I've watched four movies this year, so. Four new movies. Actually, no. I haven't watched any movies that I, I watched I don't know before. How, I don't know how young your daughter is, but I assume a lot of Frozen 2. Um, no, it's more Paw Patrol. So there is a Paw Patrol movie that comes out in September. So we're, oh, yeah. we're That's gonna be big, excited. Dude. She hasn't been to a movie yet. So that's awesome. She's three. Yeah. So we're going to try that one. We'll see. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's like Paw Patrol, like superhero ones. Like they turn in, like they basically get Iron Man and just turn into yes. like superheroes and shit. Hell and yeah. she's not a big fan of those, of those episodes. So we'll see. Mm. Oh man, March, I watched three movies. 
And then I and then I watched Mario in May, and I haven't watched movies since then. So. Well, well, well. If it isn't a stupid Mario Brothers, <laughs> what a stupid, <laughs> what a stupid. Yahoo! Steve, what the hell have you been playing since I talked to you nine weeks ago? Oh, man, Resident Evil, six, or Resident Evil sixteen. I wish Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, what, what happens first, out. Resident Evil sixteen, or you die? Resident Evil. Uh, probably. What are we on eight? Right. So oh, that's the thing. Resident like, Resident four, four five-year development <coughs> cycles. It was so Resident Evil Village. Too. It was Resident Evil Village, and it was VII in it. But yeah. But like sometimes people say it wasn't actually eight, so it'd be interesting if they just come out and say, "Oh, like, I oh, see. This one's eight. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to die before sixteen. Okay, okay. But you've been playing Final Fantasy sixteen, another Japanese-developed <coughs> series. That's right, and uh, it's very, very good, and. I was not surprised at all to see today that the com- someone who worked on the combat uh, was like the combat person for Devil May Cry because uh, it's basically a Devil May Cry game. Right. Um, but I'm enjoying it. It's um, very cinemat- cinematic and very like beautiful. Yes. And they nailed that part. There's I have some like nitty gritty things that are kind of like you know little nuggets of of uh, disappointment, but it's kind of in the bigger part of it it's like you know i'm having a lot more fun with it than i did with 15 than with 13 um it's pretty sweet and it's, it's a pretty interesting story so excellent uh is the, the one side the, side missions as garbage as all the reviews say i haven't got to any i've only had like two side quests and they were just like the tutorial like i need some bread and i'm like <laughs> all right um, I haven't. Uh, I played like I'm like five or six, seven hours in or so, and I haven't okay. been able to get any other side quests. So, okay. What the game is chirping, getting chirped about, and it's like <laughs> it's very obvious. It's so weird. Is that everyone is white, and furthermore, <laughs> everyone is like gorgeous, and it's supposed <laughs> to like be like medieval, like medieval time stuff. Right. And everyone's hair is like super pretty, and everyone's just like beautiful and all that uh, stuff. Wait, and wait, people Japan are looking for their like Monty Python, this? What? Monty Python, yeah. medieval people. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, Final Fantasy has never really been a series known for uh diversity and stuff like that. But no. the characters, dude, tend there's one to be black guy, and he's literally a gun. He has a gun for an arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Final Fantasy Twelve <laughs> had like a, a black uh, bunny lady. Oh, there so. you go. There's two, and they're on the um, 16th. <laughs> but usually the characters are a little more like grounded and look more like in the world that they inhabit. Right. Um, Midgar is just like a disgusting, you know, like sewer Industrialized town. Industrialized city, and, yeah. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and the characters kind of look like that. But these ones just all look like they're just K-pop like, like performers. Pretty boys. Like Pretty boys. Yeah. You're like in jail for like a couple of days, and then you come out, and your hair is just like the best hair you've ever seen in your life. So hmm. that's, like kind standard, of, it, that's standard prison fare in Final <laughs> Fantasy. They give you it your just, hair gel. It just like <laughs> exactly. It just like sticks out. Like you just you just notice it, and you're just like, man, all these characters look the fucking. They look the same. There's no mm. the only like fantasy elements have been this well, correct me if i'm wrong steve but final fantasy 15 also just starred four guys right Who it was like a boy band, boy band road hair. trip yeah so <laughs> what is the difference between that and this one it's just four guys again right uh no now it's just really just one guy okay 
Um, the band broke dead, up. Dead Dad Story, too, which is... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you know. Steve. That's ah, fine. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but I, I'm not necessarily bothered by it. And, and honestly, it's just like, it's just painfully obvious. It's just like, guys, you, you, <laughs> your character model or person just like took a day off. Cause like they all look the same. And I had to put like the, um, subtitles like name in the subtitles. Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, who are these characters? Like they all just look like the same. I thought I, I legit thought the two women in the game were actually the same. Like was the same person. Like, <laughs> Until they appeared sk- next to each other. <laughs> Not even no. Just they they. There's a time skip. So I thought the woman in the before time was like the woman in the the present time or whatever. Oh okay. And then okay. I I just assumed that for a while. And then I, when I tr- I was like okay I need like the names in here. And I did the. Subtitles you can press pause. This is this is how you kind of know that the story is not really super well told. You can press pause during any of the cinematics and hit the pa- the PlayStation pad. And it'll give you little kind of circles of information on the characters in that in that. Uh, oh, interesting, scene. huh? Which is like really useful, but it kind of goes to show that they made a world first a without of any nouns. sort of like yeah, without any sort of balance of like you're a person entering this world who doesn't know anything about it unless you I don't know unless they really expected everyone to watch all those stupid trailers. And, and I increasingly believe this about uh, <coughs> games like this that you can say the player isn't going to read but like if you know the player isn't going to read then it is still on your it's on you to find a different way to impart the world information because like if you have to like get a cue card <coughs> to remember everyone's name and what their motivations are as you play a game you know, that, that doesn't speak well to your game's ability to naturally, through its storytelling, imbue the story and characters and motivations to you, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, it's more of the the world around it. I think the character, like the main character, because it's only one main character, so it's not like a super convoluted, uh, confusing story at the moment. Mm, it's not Octopath um, Traveler. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty clear cut. And the, the like the... Um, the cinematic battles, I'll say, I guess, like oh. the boss fights are I heard the so well done. Our cutscenes are, oh, they're dope. They're so mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's good. I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play and beat it. So I'll keep Excellent. chugging away at it. It's going to take some time, but. You've been giving Bobacotic um, your, your Diablo 4 money in time? I did give him the money and I played it, but I didn't beat it yet. Um, yeah, I'll get to Diablo 4. Diablo 4 is always going to be those game, that game where I just like, Dive in, play, yeah. bounce. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Diablo, the way I understand Diablo. Like I don't. People were like, "Oh, this game is more like Diablo 2. And I'm like, "Guys, these, to me, this is all the same exact game to me. Like it I don't is, understand how. You, like I don't understand the nuances between. It's like I have friends um, who are like, "Oh, this is the best FIFA in years." So I'm like, "Really? <laughs> like how can I, you tell?" <laughs> yeah. People t- and even like people tell me that about Smash Brothers too. Yeah. Like, well, oh, okay, like okay. More- now that one I actually do get. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm still just like people will be like, oh, this game's way more floaty, and I'm like, what do you? What does that mean? Like they're all uh, floaty. You just press up A to get to the thing. I I'm not really. I'm pretty obtuse when it comes to like games and sequels and like the differences and stuff like that. Because right. I'm thinking like, what are the games that I intrigue? Like I know deep down to its core. And it's like Resident Evil, Resident and, Evil. and things like that, and Final yeah. Fantasy, and like those games are vastly different in terms of just like Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Four are completely different genres, mm-hmm. basically. So I don't know. Anyways, Final Fantasy <sighs> Sixteen is good. Resident Evil Sixteen good. can't wait for that. 
Excellent. Uh, Jake, what are you been playing? Tell me about. I ha- tell me about. I, it. I have a, a a absolute play and a definitely avoid. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna start with the positives. So definitely play. This is not a new game, but it's a game I've really been enjoying. Uh, it's called Bug Fables: The Everlasting Sapling. Um, Steve, I don't know if you. I think Steven said that you were a big Paper Mario fan. Yes. Yes. Oh, it, you know. Yeah, yeah I've, you maybe heard about this game. Someone, there. yeah, they, it's been recommended to me. It's Canadian, isn't it? I'm is not. It sh- I'm not certain Pretty if sure. it is. That's that's you know, hey, that that's just a happy coincidence. But uh, if you're a big Paper Mario fan, and I've already recommended to Paper Mario fans in my life, and I'm a, I'm one of them, it is Paper Mario. It yeah. is Paper Mario on the on the same level as the first one, and a thousand year door where you have chapters, quirky combat, hilarious writing metals kind of a world based on the, the paper aspect of it. it's it's phenomenal um mm. and it was just yeah. on sale too it goes on sale pretty frequently uh the best things i'll say about it is every piece of side content that i've done has rewarded me in a way that i felt like i want to do all the side content at every opportunity right, right. Like, and that that's really rare for a game especially made by any developers like have side content to begin with and then have it actually be worth doing because mm-hmm. uh, like for example in those paper mario games you get medals and those medals can change some things about your characters uh but in this game you can like completely build out new <clears throat> pretty complicated pathways for your characters to, to function in the combat and i'm like that's really great i really enjoy this so it, it is it is a rpg though right you would call it rpg because the latest uh, Paper Mario games aren't really RPGs. No, I I would say that this is this is the the thousand year door. Mmm. Like. Oh, that's tempting. Go play it. If you have love for Paper Mario in your heart, you will love that game. Um, it's been it's, on my wish list for on PlayStation for quite a while. Yeah, um, I, I'd say if you if you have love for Paper Mario, it's insta buy. Some of the funny reviews are good. There's a <clears throat> Paper Mafia. Uh, th- this game has a lot of bugs in it. <laughs> yeah, this game has a lot of bugs. In it. It's pretty funny. Uh, I would, I would relate. It's like a Hollow Knight style. There's all kinds of different bugs. It's really fun to see the different like bug designs that they turned in. Like one of my favorite character designs is like a grasshopper, but she's like a, a sage ninja, and they've like got her uh, like a hood kind of fashioned, and then her, her antenna are like down in front of her face, kind of like bangs. Oh, it's cool. like, like how how many ways can you twist? bugs to be kind of anthropomorphic good well-designed characters like really fun uh and okay so that's that's my glowing recommendation i'm still working on that my my absolute avoid is the game that just came out called bread and fred oh no Uh, i don't know yeah it's it's cute it's cute it's a little pixel art game about these two penguins who are trying to climb up this mountain um it is essentially a getting over it uh it's only up style game where you fall, you fall for a really long time and you lose a lot of progress. I'm not opposed to that. The catch with this game is it's co-op and you and the two penguins are connected via a very, very short rope. And so the majority of the puzzles in the game revolve around you trying to like work with your partner to get enough momentum to then release at the right time to swing yourself across a large gap. Mm. It's like if you, 
in a single-player game with those, you can only really blame yourself. In a two-player, there's more people to blame. Claire and I tried to play it for like 40 minutes and uh, tested our, our, our engagement. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the top funny review is uh, it took 35 minutes for me to figure out I don't love my wife anymore and I was just staying yeah, for the I, kids. <laughs> I think if you like those getting over it games and want to try one with co-op, go for it. But for Claire and I, we like playing games together we love playing these co-op games together we really enjoy it but it seems like the one gimmick of this game is put one person on a platform press the stop moving button and then the other person swings around in a circle and then you both release at a time and hope that you make it across the gap and if you don't have fun spending 10 minutes getting back to where you were so you can try again it's, like, it's just a momentum based game and momentum based games are brutal in single player <laughs> Yeah, so, that's true. I, I, for me, that's a big avoid. Okay, okay, we got. So, sorry, can I ask? Uh, can I ask one more question about the bug Absolutely. one? Absolutely. Humor is it hum- humorous? Good it's writing good. and all that stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good. That's There's also See, it's also a better written story than most Paper Mario games. It's a little more mature. It's like it more delves into the character stories. One thing I'll say is if you if you loved the party member systems from the Mario games, you're not going to find that here because you start you have three characters and those characters follow you through the whole game. Uh, but the good news is you don't you you play with all three of them in combat, so you get three turns, uh, mm. and you can like and there's specific side quests to go down each character's like backstory that you don't have to do but if you do you get heavily rewarded with really good story and really good gameplay uh improvements for doing it it's like i'd much rather focus on the three characters than mario and a bunch of people i use for two hours and then never touch again yeah and so i, I, I really know, enjoy it i know it's not technically paper mario but are you hyped for the super mario rpg remakes? Uh, I, or remake whatever you want to call it i, I am I need to see what they're adding to it because right now it's just like the Link's Awakening treatment where yeah it, game, yeah exactly it looks it looks new okay well I could just go back and play the old one it's identical so what yeah. are, what are you adding to it are the gameplay improvements so there's there like a new game plus is there a harder mode oh and if you play Bug Fables there's a hard mode option uh, turn it on right yeah. if you're a, if you're a person playing games in 2023 and you've played games for a really long time it's I'm not gonna say it's challenge it's not super challenging but it makes you actually uh, touch the strategic element of the game rather than just ignoring it, right? Mm. So I, I really enjoyed it. It's never impossible. Like, I was able to do it without grinding. I was able to do it without anything crazy. Um, but it's well worth putting on a little... It's it's not, like, insanely hard. It's just, like, if you want a challenge, turn this on. It's like, I highly recommend it. It does have... It has a pretty high trophy percentage, too, so... On PSM profiles. Oh, and actually defeat Chapter 5's boss in hard mode. So, yeah, I'm going to have to... Yeah, so if you play the game in hard mode, you get additional achievements and additional rewards. So if you beat a boss with the hard mode medal on, then you get an additional reward. I so, mean, the trophy is a reward, though. If you, so I, I re- think Steve reward I care said that you were a trophy <laughs> hound, and I'm, I'm seeing that that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend Bug Fables. Stay away from Bread and Fred unless you want to suffer. Um, oh, and there's no online multiplayer, so you have to do it in person, I think. So ah, Lame. So, so I can't even play with little Steven. No, you can't play with little Steven. But you can you can remote play together, which is yeah, pretty close. Steam remote play is all um, right. I've used yeah, it a lot of times. They have they, okay. They said in the developer things we hope to have P uh, P two P so peer to peer servers working soon. Which is like mm. sure. That game did, with latency um, would be hell. So. <laughs> 
I did, um, and we can go into Steven's games here because I'm seeing it, but I did watch my wife play a lot of Tears of the Kingdom, basically beat it. And okay. basically from what I saw, and then she immediately jumped into um, the first one, Breath of the Wild. Okay. Because she realized like she only did the temples and then didn't really beat it and just wants to play more. And so like, <clears throat> what, from what I saw of it, I was like, this does look good. It looks dope. It's pretty good. But I'm... But I was just like, I can just wait for like a pro version on Switch, like a pro Switch version is basically what I, the conclusion I came to. I was like, this is super Switch. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, this looks dope. I like watching all this, but you know, not really in the mood for fucking 120 hours all the game right now. Yeah, no. So if if I can get into it, like (laughs) I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to be like the game getting, uh, the game getting overhyped. Like it's a really good game, but like I'm going to be the the like, yo, this game is getting way too overhyped. It's another Breath of the Wild. It's really good. It it adds a couple of systems on top and drops a couple out in good ways that make it worth. Uh, playing especially because you waited six years before you played this game and so I was like oh I, it has been six years since I played Breath of the Wild like and I am ready to do that again uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that's why it is working for me um, and yeah I've just basically done all the towers which is what I did the first time I've done all the ones and I think there's a couple I can't do till I progress further in the story so that's about where I'm at but yeah the the cooking always my favorite thing to do in every game is just like combine or specifically breath of the wild one and two let's just combine everything and get all the different things see what quick frogs do i have yeah. complex thoughts on breath of the wild too i don't know how far we want to get into this but it's mm. it's <sighs> i don't know why it took six years to make that game because <laughs> like, no, literally to run on the switch like that's most of it maybe, maybe. Like the physics like, system in those in those shrines is insane given the hardware it's running on absolutely i think that the game is a, is a technical marvel do I think that it's Breath of the Wild 1.4? Yeah, I do think that it's Breath of the Wild 1.4. <laughs> do I feel like I came to the early access game, Breath of the Wild, and then I did dropped it for a couple of years and then came back to the Breath of the Wild, now it's actually full release game? Yeah, I do feel like that. Like, what the stories... I'm going to... No, I'm not. I, I could bash on the game for a while, but ultimately I think it's it's good. Yes. Is it? Is it great? Is it... Is it fantastic? Is it wonderful? I, I don't know about that. Mm. Does it do anything? Do, do, like the fact that there's a building system that works well in the game is does not mean that the game is great. I guess no. And it's such an easy co- comparison to make because just this past week it, it celebrated its whoa, what was it one year anniversary? Elden Ring. Uh, comparing this to Elden Ring and like the Tears of the Kingdom has punctuated like the game media and like mainstream gaming culture the same way and that it's like everywhere there's gifts of everywhere I'm seeing like big blades I'm seeing like such cool machines but people aren't talking about Tears of the Kingdom to me or in videos and stuff that I consume the same way they talked about Elden Ring and the story and the world of Elden Ring like Breath Breath of the Wild is a toy Tears of the Kingdom is a toy where Elden Ring was like a freaking epic fantasy fucking adventure all my friends are going on, you know? Absolutely. I, I think Breath of the Wild's biggest problem is uh, the same problem that a game like Spirit Tracks had where it mm. followed up Phantom Hourglass, if you're looking at the Zelda series. Like, I come to Zelda not because I want to play the 20th Zelda. <laughs> Most Zeldas are coming with a brand new art style, brand new mechanics, brand new world, brand new temples, brand new whatever, telling the same story, kind of yeah. similar to our Spider-Verse uh, movies that are coming out. Yeah. But Breath of the Wild 2 adds a couple systems on top and then says, all right, uh, 
Well, we added a couple stones around the map and a couple new enemy types and a couple caves. Uh, yes. Go ahead, play the same game again. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. Re I remix. did it. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a remix. It feels like it feels like the finished early access game of Breath of the Wild. And you were the biggest Majora's Mask fan I've ever met. And so you, yeah. I remember before the game came out, you were like, oh, I hope they do do like a, hey, we'll take those, the foundation we made in terms of like assets and systems and then just do a completely different tonally and mechanically thing with it. And they did, sure. they kind of got like 0. 0.4 the way there, as you said. Yeah, I think that uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time are so diametrically opposed that like one is so accessible and adventurous and wonderful and one is so difficult <laughs> and crestfallen and dark and wonderful I, like, uh... what, what? and i was hoping breath of the wild 2 would do something really cool like that but they just kind of made breath of the wild finished i have uh we got a book on i don't know what the, it's a bunch of essays in it mm. i'm not sure what the, i can't remember what the overall theme of it but one of the essays is uh majora's mask being like the five stages of grief right um and it's pretty it's i want to replay it like when i played it when i was how old was i i was like 12 or whatever when the game came out yeah when i played it then like obviously i didn't include any of that shit but i'm definitely i want to like come back to majora's mask knowing all that stuff and and going through you know a bunch of different things i want to like replay because majora's yeah. mask was dope and i remember that back in the day where i was just like fuck this time i, I have 100 <laughs> like, percent of that game three times uh <laughs> Just because it's fun to do, not because I was yeah. like, "Oh, I want 100 percent this." It's like the game incentivizes you to do all this because it's almost run based. It's like, yeah, oh, I've... I'm in this, I'm in this cycle. <clears throat> what do I want to do during this run? Oh, I can probably get this. Done. I can probably get this. Done. Oh, the the times run out. I'll start over again. This is what I'm gonna do next time. And it's, it's a pre-generator outer wilds in a lot of ways. Yeah, I bet it. I bet it does. Um, I played so much of that fierce, de uh, fierce. What's the the mask? Fierce, fierce deity. DD mask glitch. I played so much of that because you oh, can like, nice. yeah. glitch it and then run around the world and, and play as that adult link or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so I was, yeah. Majora's Mask is dope. Yeah. For Draft, I was really hoping that Tears of the Kingdom would be the Majora's Mask to the Breath of the Wild, but they didn't yes. take enough interesting things that would have turned people off. <laughs> the Spirit like, Tracks thing is, no, uh, no, it's is the interesting tears... because. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, it's the it's the Skyward Sword to the Twilight Princess, and not even that. Like, Skyward Sword, I think, did more than to change it up from Twilight Princess. 100%. Oh, mm -hmm. definitely. I think the Spirit Tracks is, is a good analogy, because the thing with um, Phantom Hourglass is that Spirit Tracks, like, fix some of the annoying shit in Phantom Hourglass, because you had to go through that dungeon all the time, and, mm -hmm. and um, Spirit, uh, the fucking train one, didn't, was just, like, didn't, got around that and you didn't have to do the annoying shit absolutely and spirit tracks and phantom hourglass are like spirit tracks is an iteration not a new game and right and so and so is tears of the kingdom the problem is like yes. breath of the wild didn't really have much to improve on in my opinion like it's a damn near excellent game damn absolutely. near perfect game and so you just get more of it and when i looked you know when i watched my wife play it i was like this obviously there's new shit but I'm like this. I played, you know, 150 hours of that game mm -hmm. in 2017. Yeah. Like I'm. So I will say this: like, <laughs> the, the little things that they have even added to make it even more uh, perfect. Like there's some little details I like. Like my favorite detail they've added is when you fast travel now. 
the uh, you, you see where you are on the map, and then your guy your guy's arrow like vanishes. The map move like disappears, yeah, it's really and then nice. the new one fades, and then it appears again. And that like is actually helping me like figure out the space in the world because I'm like seeing where I am on the map, and then as the maps loading screen fades away into the real world i'm like connecting the map i just looked at to where i am and and there's a lot of things that very obviously just that extra six years of like fine-tuning it were just layered on to make it an even more smooth experience absolutely it was very interesting we have a mute another mutual friend tyler yeah. who we exchanged what our hero's paths looks like in tears of the kingdom where mm-hmm. like it'll show you the like, green lines of where you've been yeah. uh and they looked almost identical because huh. and you Whoa, said this really? yourself you said this yourself steven yeah well not necessarily identical in the order that we did things in but yeah. the the ability to travel above the world means you don't have to engage with the game anymore yes so what tyler and i did and i bet you did this too steven and yeah, maybe even well you're i'm not sure if your 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 wife did this but maybe she did is i went up in the sky and i paraglided and i used flying machines to fly to every single tower yeah i didn't engage with anything on the ground and so there's just a whole bunch of lines on my map of like line to tower, line to shrine, then I walked to the tower, then mm. I went to the tower, then I went to the tower, then I went to the tower. Because the towers themselves shoot you like in 10 billion miles in the air. So yes. as soon as you have stam- the stamina to do it, or like there's usually an island by the towers, you can just fly to the next tower. And I don't have to engage with the game anymore. I can just fly no. to the thing that gives me the map, and now I never need to go there again. Yeah. Like, but in Breath of the like... Wild, I actually had to go to Death Mountain. And I yeah. had to like traverse along the ground to make it there and I had to find fireproof lizards and buy the fireproof set and talk to the Gorons to figure out what to do. I didn't do any of that. Yep. I just flew mm. over everything. <laughs> no, and like the towers in Breath of the Wild One were already the most Ubisoft thing in that game in a way I didn't like. Like I would have I as, as a designer I think and they probably tried this and decided not to for reasons supported by data I'm not looking at, right? But my gut reaction I would have liked to see play out is what if just like every time you completed a shrine it just filled in a bit of the map around it and then That's what they did with the depths. Mm, strictly on the ground look looking ahead and using like the landscape and visual landmarks to explore rather than towers would make it a better game. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Holy I, I shit. Just... It's 1230. All right. Let's Sorry. wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm a talker. I'm a talker just like Steven is. No, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, I can, I can log off if you dorks want to keep no, going. No, 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 no. <laughs> I played ring fit and I'm going to keep playing ring fit and my tummy hurts. Yeah, man. Uh, get, get, that, get that. Yeah. It's yeah. a good ab workout. It is. It, it is. is. It's a, it, it is a solid workout, yeah, for sure. I sweat. I, I haven't sweat this much playing a video game since Beat Saber, so that feels good. And this is an actual <laughs> workout, not just aerobics. So. Oh, I, I have been playing Beat Saber, too, because they poured it to PS4, too. Hell yes. All right, that's it for episode 231 of the KingandGandubs.com podcast. Thank you so much, Jake, for joining us. Do you want people to – do you post your minifigure art anywhere? Do you want to play oh, – like I'll, I'll plug my non-existent Twitter just because, like, might as well. Yeah, uh, I'll that's where people can notes. find me. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll bring up. I don't even know my tag. Let's be honest here. I'm not on Twitter too often. Mm. Uh, it's at Vanderhyde Jake. Uh, you should be able to find me that way, and it'll be in the description. I'll throw a link to you. Yeah, I can tell Jake when Jake logs on Twitter because it'll be like the one of the few like no profile picture accounts that likes my things like periodically, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'll, Jake, I'll tell you Jake this: I have Twitter one today. tweet, and it's about <laughs> <laughs> it's a reply to you. <laughs> Excellent. I probably said something stupid, and you had to say something. 
it's, okay. thanks, of course. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, I'll round out saying if you want to back us on Patreon, like Jacob. Jake, why did you back us on Patreon? We never have a patron on here since since Gene. So uh, why did I back you? Yeah, because well, I want to support what you're up to. Soon. Me. <laughs> yeah, I guess that doesn't translate well to people who listen who might not uh, back well, us I, yet. I, but... No, I'll, I'll I'll be honest about why I did yeah. it. It's because you said, "Hey, play this tunic game." It's really great, mm. and I just happen to have an interview with the developers, and so I listened to the the talk before playing the game, and mm. I really enjoyed the interview despite not having played the game. And then I played the game, and it it enhanced my enjoyment of the game because there wasn't a whole lot of spoilers in that. In that, even if there were, I wouldn't have understood them given the nature mm. of Tunic, uh, and it it really it really enhanced my enjoyment of the game. So I, that, and that's when I around the time that I considered subscribing. So thank uh, you, Jake. Yeah, no worries. Uh, if you want to join Jake and everyone else, patreon.com, Canadian Game Devs, two early access to the show, Game Key Giveaways. Steve, show Jake the, the list of games. Maybe he wants one or two. He has a lot of games already. But uh, yeah, join the Discord for the special patron channel, etc. Uh, Steve, Steve, remember our bet about the Fay Farm file size? Uh, yeah. It was two gigabytes when I made it. It's now listed at 1.3. So if it launches at 1.3, you win the bet. Because I've maintained it would have gone up and two gigabytes was a placeholder. Because the target, you, you never come under the target game file you set in game development. You always come over. So if they actually shaved 0.7 off this throughout development, I would be impressed. So, yeah, knock that in the bet column. Uh, yeah. And we'll we'll call that 231 in the books. Review if you can. Canadianindos.com for everything else. Join the Discord. Interviews coming out. At Canadianindos on Twitter. Goodbye. Then is time. If no one asks me, I know what it is. If I wish to explain it to him who asks, I do not know. St. Augustine. I don't know. Do you get that one, Steve? No, I was like, yeah. What about you, Jay? Some, some stupid yeah, not a chance. Idiot. Yeah, all right. Well, you swing and a miss time, that is. Nice try. Uh, uh, better luck next time.